Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And with me once again, my Senior Editor, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, do you think people could could uh, walk around Chapel Hill and listen to this podcast? <laughs> uh, I don't know anybody who's done that, but I, I yeah, I think it's possible. I, first of all, if you had a two-hour walk around Chapel Hill, then I would say this is the perfect podcast for that. I feel like Chapel Hill is a big... I, I, I've been there. I haven't been... I, I think it's a pretty decent-sized campus. No. We're, we're Raleigh. We would be a, uh, a jaunt around Raleigh, North Carolina. Well, Raleigh, and you're like doing like all sorts of like weird commuter shit. Like NC State's got some weird off-campus, like 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 uh, that's it's the like point, a man. You got it. That's like Eastern point, on steroids. It's a two and a half hour. It's gonna be a two and a half hour pod. You're gonna have to be walking a whole lot. So you gotta you hop on the the bus. Uh, you can't cross campus. You can't do it at Virginia Tech. I was there once, and all I remember is it just seemed like you were always walking uphill, no matter where you were going. Uh, Syracuse is a little bit like that. That campus is a little bit uh, too uphilly for for uh, much taste. So, I've never been to. I, Okay. Yeah, Syracuse I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't recommend walking around Syracuse. But if you were in Syracuse, you could go like Lemoyne. That's like a nice flat space. Lemoyne, of course, being the Dolphins, uh, D three school. So, you know, just just thinking. You know, out here. Last time I had a park out in, in Whitefield was 2014, uh, Michigan, and uh, my wife and I showed up, got drunk. Uh, okay, around some, some. Yeah, remember the six game. Uh, we're, we're slamming Mickey's. We got our, we got our forties of Mickey's. Uh, but just those steps right by the lake. I remember thinking, I mean, I get up these steps and that was just steps. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty flat walk. Well, you know, mostly, I mean, there's, it can get hilly from white to campus. I, maybe they, I don't know, but they fucking change it so much. Now there's fences everywhere. You can't even just walk from the car. Oh, I mean, you talk about a guy. It's a fucking maze since they put that road and that roundabout. And now they got all those fences up. Anyways, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, follow up with Jude and say, Jude, there's an upstate New York college that goes by the Dolphins. Yeah. Lemoyne. Oh, I, who can think of all of those landlocked dolphins in upstate New York? <laughs> Yeah, they used to have a. Um, they used to have like a like an Indian like an Indian's name, and they changed it. And they just thought dolphins it, was cool. I, you know, to be honest with you, I, that I don't know. Um, I do know that would make this sense. Ex- this no. explains nothing or explains everything, but they are a private Jesuit college. Fucking Jesuit. Nope, that explains everything. Yep, that explains <laughs> the whole thing. Although, although this is a good reminder, we are backing some Jesuits. Uh, this spring, that's right. Uh, you know, uh, Holy Cross, uh, which is the uh, uh, OFD or Philip Goff played football there at Holy Cross. He was coached by current uh, Notre Dame. Uh, I don't. It's not. He is the senior grad assistant, Nick Klusinski. He was coached by Nick there at Holy Cross, and we're adopting the Crusaders uh, this spring as they go uh, on some Patriot League, act, league action. So. Uh, I'm excited about that. I was I was really pumped when uh, when Philip said he wanted to do that. I'm like, yeah, this is. I mean, people get into the spring, the new spring leagues, right? Oh, for uh, sure. Wh- whatever the hell, 
So why not get into old college football? I mean, you can't, the Patriot leagues, you can't get much older than like fucking Lafayette and Lehigh, Right. I mean, that's pretty damn old. Right. So, and I mean, Holy Cross, you can still say BC sucks and everyone, everyone puts their fists up in the air. They know what's going on. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited about that. And I'll tell you who else is excited. Holy Cross people. I, the Twitter account got is slowly, but surely gaining more and more followers that are Holy Cross alum and kind of noticing a little more stuff on the Google stats too. Tell it. Could you imagine if you could get Cooper and Jack to do a, like Monday afternoon analytics drops on uh, Holy Cross games? My God. <laughs> People you lose know, their minds. They haven't done, you know, they haven't done anything in a while. I might have to ask. Them. <laughs> I think if, if they could get a data scrape of it, I bet they, I bet they would. I bet you they would if they could get a scrape of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it so. might be hard. I don't know. Maybe what? Maybe it's not that hard to come by. Who knows? Who knows? Who can say? Did you guys see that? Did you see the uh, the video from uh, his name's Master or something or other? I, I really don't know the, know the guy, but he's a contributor on Bleacher Report, and he had a video talking about how nerds are ruining sports. <laughs> Did you I see that? I don't yet? think that he's wrong. I don't think that he's. Do you think that he's wrong, Josh? I don't think he's wrong. No, and that's where I'm at. Like I truly respect like advanced stats and yeah and all that stuff. I I truly do respect it, and I use it. For some things, but I do feel like the, the over, like, like just, you're just getting drenched and all this, uh, and all this stuff. And I like what you said about it. Bummer, man. I like how you like call it just a data point. Big fucking bummer, man. Yeah, exactly. I, I think like, I think it's important. Like we all kind of flocked to Bill Connolly because he was doing something a little bit different than what you were getting, you know, when he was on, especially when he was on SB Nation, when, when yeah, he was doing yeah. something a little bit different and, than and Brian and P, ampersand. Right. And so he was doing something a little bit different and he was giving us a different way to think about, um, you know, how to quantify what, what we had seen with our own eyes, right. Not just about the box score and saying who scored more points, but, but go trying to do like a deep dive and having stats tell a little bit of story. Now at the same time, I feel like you can get a little lost in the weeds. And when you sit there and you say, well, Notre Dame is 26 and SP plus coming back to the season. Okay. Now they've added Jack Cohn. So they're 22nd or whatever. Like who cares? That doesn't mean anything. The playoff committee's not using it. Like you can get worked up about it. You certainly can. I mean, it's February. We can, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff that doesn't mean anything. Um, but I just, just like to just teasing Bill about about all the Notre Dame hate mail he gets. I mean, I love teasing Bill about that. Yeah, I think, number, Bill, I, mean, I think Bill leads. I, I don't want to. You know what I mean? I think, I think Bill if knows. You notice the last podcast. I told uh, Greg brought up something about the uh, SP plus, and I went off USC game. Kind of yeah. laughing like I don't give a fuck about. That. I mean, because I, I mean I don't. Not that I don't respect it, but it's it's nothing that really affects how I look at teams. I mean, I think. And I thought about this actually this week. I, I think if you, if you watch a uh, if you watch a team, you watch them play three games in a season. And I, three was just kind of a random number. I thought three was pretty solid. If you watch them play just three games in a season, I think you have a general. I think you have a a great idea about what that team is. Whatever three games it is, I mean, it could be like the three worst teams they play. I don't. I think you have a really good idea about what that team is and what they can do, and. I think that's all. I mean, I, I just need to see it. The numbers things for me, just 
whether it's OCD or low IQ or too much booze, whatever it is, it just I, when I'm watching well, the game, I'm not thinking about advanced stats. I'm, right. I, you know, I'm just, and I, that's just, a good. I think that's the thing that comes mo- in my head. No, and I think that's a good Monday Tuesday kind of opportunity to think back and when you're doing kind of analysis of, of the game. And look, you watch the game on Saturday right. as a fan. Uh, on Sunday, you might rewatch it to look for for certain things, and maybe on Monday and Tuesday, you're reading the articles that you know that Bill and others put out. Look, in, yes. in the previous incarnation of this podcast, Wes uh, was a big fan of the Sagarin rating. I, I don't know anybody who leaned on it as much as 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 Wes did, but he seemed nobody. To, nobody. He, he seemed Not to really Sagarin. right. He seemed to really um, put stock in, in that or whatever. And, and to be honest with you. Exactly like what I said to Brendan and, and others, you know, Sagarin is as much of a data point as as Bill Connolly is as to, uh, you know, the Massey in the Massey index declaring UCF as the national champions in 2017. Like it's just it's a data point. It's something for Holy you. Matrix. To, yeah, it's something for Here's you to pull one. out when you're making an argument, but it's not really something to get worked up over. So here's one thing I would say in in terms of that is um and and I and I guess it kind of goes back to the whole Moneyball theory, where if these advanced metrics, they would have a job with a college football program if they really were worth their salt, and if coaches like the well, people who were actually coaching on. the games. That's well, that's Barton this, Simmons uh, got hired as a player business. personnel director, right? And because right. you know, as a recruiting guy, that's and he, recruiting. It's not. It's but not. That, but that's what I mean. Is, but his ability to like. He was at the top of his game. Like if Bill C was able to, if if somebody like let's say Clark Lee hired Bill C, right, instead of like Barton Simmons and Bill Connolly, that would be that I would mean, raise I, some I eyebrows. I could see right? Saban hiring Bill C because he's got the money to just go get a math guy. I, but, but I think, think like one of the one of the one of the fastest growing parts of or, or of sports right now is is analytics. It is all this stuff. Pro teams are bringing these guys in. They're breaking down number numbers. They're making up these charts. And I mean, I couldn't imagine being an advanced stats guy trying to walk into a room with Bill Belichick and trying to tell him what decisions he made were incorrect on well, Sunday. It's, it's also, that would, important. That would be it's also important to remember but, that, but it's happening. It's also important to remember that Bill Connolly, a lot of the, the terms he talks about, he created them. He created them yeah. out of whole cloth around 2014, and he's he tweaks them as as they get farther and farther away from what he thinks the thesis of of each what each point is trying to prove. And so he's he's played with the S and uh, S and P now SP plus formula to you know to take out consideration of uh, preseason rankings faster. Um, you know, he's put into, he's put in, uh, game, he put in game control a couple of years ago because this, the college football playoff committee was talking about that. Like he's, he's constantly modifying it and tweaking it and, and making it, but it's still his, it's, that's all terms that he found significant that he's trying to tell us that's significant. And some of the stuff I really do like, I like the success rate metric. I know other people are like, this doesn't tell you anything about anything. Like, you know, like I watched that game with my own two eyes and it was a blowout. And I was like, okay, but you forgot the, you know, you've, yeah, they scored on two D plays, but you forgot the, you know, the three, three and outs that they had because they right, won the game by 20 I think you're points. looking at it the correct way. Yeah. That's, I, yeah, mean, I, think I think that's the correct way to, to use them it, is as they are a supplement to what your eyes see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fantastic. And I mean, that's great. They're good fodder for arguments, you know, pull it out. Oh, Bill but says blah, blah, the, blah. But like, you know, it's not, it's not, a, it doesn't prove anything. 
the point of that video from the the master guy on Bleach Report was that, but the shit's taken over like fan conversations yes. where it's just, it's all about these advanced stats instead of like marveling. This was like all over a dunk guy had. He, he was like, Oh, from five from behind three point line, but he fucking postered a guy on a dunk. I can't remember which player, which team it was in the NBA, but he fucking flat out postered this dude on a dunk. It was gorgeous. But instead of people talking about that dunk, or if you did bring it up, someone was there right there to mention he was 0 for 5 from behind the three-point line, efficiency rate, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, dude. Did you not just see that fucking dunk? Well, that like, reminds me of the, the cartoon. The that, awe. They're taking the awe out of things. Yeah, that reminds me of that cartoon that always goes around the internet, which is like the guy pinching the other d- dude's lips and saying, Shh, just let people enjoy things. Let people enjoy yeah, things. You know? Yes, yeah. yes. That's a favorite of mine. Well, and it, it, I think it also which goes fucking, where... Which is a good message to Notre Dame fans. Like when you're winning games, but you're like still bitching about shit that ain't, you don't think it's like the whole Sarah, like shut the fuck up. And you just won. shut the hell up and enjoy it. Well, it doesn't, enjoy well, it doesn't matter what your, it doesn't matter what your performance is, especially for a running back, right? With, with stuff rate. And it doesn't matter that you get stuffed all afternoon. Cause all you have to do is just break off one run. And then you talk about the That's stuff. Rate, like, yeah, but. Dexter Williams, right? Exactly. Or, you know, and that's that's what offenses can be. Like, if you're if you're able to ramble one off, you can talk about maybe, you know, his efficiency isn't great, but he also has the ability in one play to immediately score a touchdown. And I don't think that you can discount that. And I don't know, maybe, maybe, See, maybe not enough emphasis is put on that. One of the things I like to do in the off season is go back and watch other seasons, especially non Brian Kelly seasons, because I think it really reminds you of actually the suffering that you were going through and how you haven't just been suffering these last <laughs> couple of years. So like, let's take, for example, um, their names down to, to, to BC, uh, whether it's 2019 or 2020 and people are like freaking out, right? Oh my God, this team's trash. Like, you know, all the stuff that's going on, on Twitter. And, and maybe that's a good time to log off of Twitter or whatever. I I am personally rewatching the 2008 San Diego State uh, game, which is the Terrible home opener. Game. It's it's a 2013 debacle. Yeah, <laughs> so right. Bad. And so and so, let me tell you what what I've seen so far because I only got into halftime because I'm doing it during my workouts. Right, I've seen Jimmy Clausen miss a wide open Golden Tate in the end zone. Yes, it absolutely absolutely happened. I I've seen. Uh, the the kicker at the time missed a like a 38 yard field goal, which like never happens anymore. Is it Brandon right? Walker, um, Tausch. Yeah, I have to, I'd still have to look it up. I'm sorry, I'm watching it with the sound down. So um, I've seen the San Diego quarterback, San Diego State quarterback, who can't hit the broadside of a barn, but yet Jimmy Clausen's the one who's thrown the pick. I've heard, I've seen Robert Hughes get absolutely hosed on a fumble that wasn't a fumble. And they actually even still had review and they called it a fumble, even though he clearly didn't get stripped until the ball was out of his hands. So it's like beyond all that, you do get a Sergio Brown uh, block punt uh, that turns into a touchdown. Hell yeah, you do. And it's seven, seven at the half, literally seven, seven. So you've just come off the 2007 season and now you're playing San Diego freaking state. And it's seven, seven, like, I like I was on Twitter in 2008, so I should probably go back and look. But I must have been tearing my freaking hair out at that point. You know what I mean? Like I had to go to a wedding it was at, at halftime is when we had to had to go into this wedding. Ugh. And so the pictures of me, my, my wife is like, 
trying to take uh, pictures of, of us because we're dressed nice, looking good, you know, going to this wedding. And no picture of me has me anywhere near a fucking smile, which actually still causes her to bitch about it to, to this day. Uh, it's one of her best, fr- best friend's wedding. She married this motherfucker that went to uh, state, Michigan State. So there's this giant ice sculpture of a Michigan State S in the reception hall. They're all doing their, their, their bullshit, Sparty bullshit. And I'm sitting there. This is 08. You know, it, it's not like I got my my iPhone Pro Max 11 right now. You know what I mean? Right. It's a little different world. So you're you know you're trying to find the game, and I'm just belligerently pissed, but not like out like inwardly, like every part of my insides was exploding uh, during this time. So there was no conversation. There was no smile. Uh, it, it was fucking terrible. It was bad food. It was a bad fucking wedding reception. And I'm supposed to be happy about this while my team's looking like hell. Give me a break. Yeah, I just uh, look winning 21 13 the year after the AU totally late. Uh, that that gives you like literally no hope. And 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 the only well, no, reason I bring the, it up, yeah, the, the only reason I bring it up is I didn't remember the game at all. I remember that we won and I remember it was the first game of the season. But the, the reason I rewatched it is because I couldn't tell you one play that ha- happened in that game now. The, the reason they had scored seven right before the half is they threw Clawson threw a beautiful ball to Michael Floyd, which had to have been his first touchdown catch as a, as an early wide receiver, right? 2008. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah, everybody was. was, yeah. So like that was cool, but I didn't remember it, you know, like it just, <laughs> it just, so go back. I'm just saying these, the, most of the games are available on YouTube and Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish Media is putting up a lot of them and putting them through the vault thing. Um, but, you know, watch some of these games and just remind yourself, like, man, if you think you've been struggling at all the last three years, like, you have not. <laughs> you have not. Like, it's, and I'm not no. talking about, oh, back in my day, the Faust era or whatever. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about most of us were alive when Charlie Weiss was doing his bullshit. Uh, 2007, eight, nine, or whatever, and those were those are tough games to watch. Those are tough, tough games. Yeah, I mean Harrison Smith coming off the edge and never getting home on a blitz, and meanwhile you're taking well, him out of the play. Mainly because he had a, time. mainly because he had an opposite team, yeah, you know, uh, guy from the other team with his face mask and and Harrison's dick, because he kept trying to jump. I don't know. I mean, how many times did you see that? Yeah, I, I mean, his, his dick must have been bruised every single Saturday. I mean, just what's the point of playing football? You're not you're losing your dick because you're blitzing and it doesn't, it's not doing anything. Yeah. Ugh. Never getting home. So, what oh, kind of coaching God. staff would play Harrison Smith at linebacker? <laughs> well, I can tell you. <laughs> That's like putting sweet baby Kyle at linebacker. You know what I mean? All right. So, did we do our 14 minute uh, preamble before we got to the actual? Yeah, I mean, I mean, some people don't like some people don't like you know 12 minutes. How about 19 minutes of of just fuck around banter before? I don't know. I mean, I can I can I can run around a little bit and then act like I just jumped to the mic and say, "Hey, everybody, this is Jude Seymour." No, we're, yeah, we're good on that. We're good on that. Okay. All right, <laughs> let's get let's get. joining me today to talk about puppies is Jessica Smetana. Hi Jess. Hi Jess. Just did a line. Too far. Just did a just did a whole thing there. <laughs> All right, let's get to the reviews here. 
Jess is never going to hear this. Let me let me talk about my gripes. It's just she's now just puppy Instagram. I can't. I like. I I don't even know what's no, going on. You're in not, life no, but you're not. She's, you're not talking shit about Jess. You're not talking shit about anybody. We're just we're laughing about the, the reason why we're laughing about this is that if you, if you listen to this podcast, most likely you're listening to Rake's report. Yeah, we got a kick out of a I listen to Rake's, Damn it. I listen to them too. That's what I'm saying. I got a kick out of a few things they said. One of them was the thing about the banter. And I, I laughed and told Jude and Greg and Brendan, I'm like, I feel seen like <laughs> the way we start our podcast. That is what, that is why it was said. Well, <laughs> no one's talking shit. Yeah. But someone's going to run. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Someone's going to run around. And act Someone like, is, go- somebody's going to snitch this out. I understand. Right. But I mean, the, the good news is Rick no, doesn't care. So it's all good. No one's going to have the fun. With you that. know what? Well, yeah. Who cares? Who cares more about us? Who cares more about us? Rakes, uh, the Rakes Report, or the SB Nation uh, college football homepage? It's really hard to say. Uh, man, that's a fucking coin toss. I'll tell you that <laughs> much right now. I think the latest article is from February 4th on the uh, SB Nation college homepage. Yeah, I don't think it's changed since signing day. Uh, <laughs> I'm keeping track. Uh, but you know who does care about us? Our listeners. And I, I do have a review tonight, so you guys want Woo! to this? just remind everybody out there, please go over to Apple Podcasts, give your drop a rating, leave a review. Any review that you leave over there, I will read on the next OFD podcast. There is actually one review over on Audible, uh, but it is from Jude. So, <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Jude? <laughs> I'm just going to leave that sit there. Do you want to read it or Thank no? You. What's that? Do you want to I read it or want no? to read it. I don't I, I don't even know if I have a way to pull it up. I don't know. I have, have the Audible oh. app on my phone anymore. Well, how did you know it was there then? All right, I read the other review. I'll pull this one up. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, nope. That's that's my books app. All right. Anyways. All right. So <laughs> here's a five-star review from LS Skipjack. Five-star podcast, five-star website. This podcast is awesome. I know y'all heard this a lot, but this podcast just feels like friends at a bar talking about college football. Keep up the great work, Josh, Brennan, and Jude. Hope OFD keeps growing and you guys find more success. My question, what's your favorite Notre Dame player you faced across the field in high school or your high school played? Minor being a sideline across from Troy Nicholas and Joe Schmidt. They were monsters and we lost both games against their teams. After the game, we lost to Troy's team. Both teams go to the 50-yard line and shake hands. I yelled, go to Notre Dame as Troy, Troy walked by. I like to think that helped with his commitment. <laughs> when, when I was in college, I went to the – I wonder if Troy remembers that. When I was in college, I went to the section of finals to watch my alma mater play in the championship, and Javon McKinley just fucking torched – he didn't say effing – just t- torched my school. Glad he finally got his time to shine at ND. Keep up the good work. Your number two Southern California ND fan, Michael. P.S. If you – if y'all ever end up in Long Beach, California, go to Deli News. The pizza there is Chef's Kiss Delicious. Deli News in Long Beach. I like it. I, I like getting the uh, the recommend. That's fantastic. I have. I think I I was telling the guys before we record. I said, hey, I got a I got a review here with a question in it. That's that's kind of funny because I don't believe any of us can really answer that question. I've never I've never lined up. I went to Hicksville as a Ohio Division Six school. I think it was Division Division Five when I was. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it's a very small school. There aren't a whole lot of D1 uh, prospects that you line up against. Uh, the uh, but Chris Benito uh, played tight end at uh, Michigan State. 
played for Lima Central Catholic. Uh, he was a fucking monster of a guy. My freshman year, we went down and played Newark Catholic down in, around Columbus. Uh, Rob Kelly, Ohio State Buckeyes from there. I didn't play uh, against against Newark at all. Uh, and Benita, I don't even remember LCC. I got a concussion pretty early in that game. Uh, <laughs> so but that that's all I got. I got I got nothing big. I there's a lot of like uh, like local rural warriors that I played against. Uh, you know, the, if if I went to a bar like somewhere around here, and I said like the name like Ron Hammersmith, somebody will hear that. We could, we could talk about fullback Ron Hammersmith. Dude, that guy literally knocked out like probably six or seven of my teammates in one game. Uh, just like running people over, just straight concussions. Guys running off the field sideways. He's a fucking animal. Uh, but then he transferred to a to a bigger high school uh, and became not as famous. So, you know, know your role, I guess. Yeah, GMC Legend. I'm not going to be any help here. Um, I'm, I wouldn't swear to it, but Reed Gregory, who I don't even know if he's still on the team. Um, he was he was last year is, I believe, maybe the first player from my school to ever played on her name's team. So um, I, I did see Cooper Rigo, but he went to he went to West Virginia and he played for uh, uh, St. Joe Montvale. So he was impressive. But I, if I saw any Notre Dame players, I, I didn't, I certainly didn't line up against them. I did not play football. And I think if you've ever seen me in life, you would probably know exactly why. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to be much help on this. Sorry, but thank you for the review. Yeah. Actually, nothing. you know what? Uh, that... Go ahead, Brenna. Yeah. I mean, anyone of note went to either Michigan state or Michigan as a, uh, uh, Ann Arbor native. One of uh, one name of note, and this this wasn't uh, during my playing days, obviously, um, but uh, Fort Wayne Harding actually played Hicksville, uh, came to Hicksville. Fort Wayne Harding did to play. Now Harding is a two A school in Indiana, and with Hicksville being Division Five, Division Six here in Ohio, it's roughly like size wise about the same, but just because like the size of the high school is the same does not mean the athletic talent is the same. Uh, Hardy doesn't exist anymore. They, they closed that down. Uh, uh, Southeast uh, uh, school there in Allen County, but football Rod was Smith, too bad. Yeah. Rod Smith, Jalen's brother was a running back for Harding at the time. Hmm. Uh, so <laughs> uh, that, that was a hard lesson for the boys of, uh, uh, of H town to, uh, of Hicksville having Harding over to, to for a little party there. Uh, a little big difference. Harding was a school that produced like, uh, like Salmon Lyman, uh, went to Purdue, got kicked off. He got stabbed at a, at a strip club parking lot. Yeah. He happens, was super fast. That happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but yeah, oh, so I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. So oh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Look, I had, Listen, I had a girlfriend tried to, I had a girlfriend that I did not really, I, I, she wasn't really my girlfriend because I didn't really care, uh, about her too much. I mean, that, that to be mean, but I mean, it wasn't like that. It wasn't that kind of like, did she call you, caring Lua, kind of or did she, did she get to call you Josh? Uh, there was lots of names, but <laughs> she, 
But she she came back from like a vacation. She went out with a friend, and she tried telling me that she like quote unquote cheated on me with someone on this vacation, and I shrugged it off. Like I mean I don't I don't care. I'm like okay whatever. Like well then we're done. So bye. Okay. No I mean I didn't I just did not care. It was it might have been the worst thing I could have said to her at the time. Uh, you literally you literally by Felicia her. So you literally well, by, by Felicia her. She tried running me over to the fucking parking lot. <laughs> I, mean, oh. I mean car flying at me. Uh, I had to jump out of the way. Uh, and that was, I mean it was Legends. It's called place called Legends in Fort Wayne. It's not exactly a strip club because I mean it's not, but I mean it's it's like gentlemen's club. No, I mean it's just a bar, but I mean. It's pretty- it's a pretty bad place. Uh, so, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, j- Fort Wayne's got just a stripped down coliseum of like 15 strip clubs as it is. So Legends is right. There. It's basically the same environment. Uh, so, yeah, she tried to run me over with her car uh, because I didn't care that she, quote unquote, cheated on me. So that was a fun time. I don't know why I brought that up, but uh, <laughs> I'm getting stabbed at a strip club. I'm thinking, yeah. I don't know how I don't know how those parking lots go. So Brendan, I I know you have no connection to him, but Notre Dame was able to finagle somebody out of Ann Arbor uh, just yeah, today, right? What do we know about uh, yeah. Adam Shibley? I so I was like, my wife and I were were busy my unpacking. Wife. The kids were asleep. My wife, uh, <laughs> we were busy unpacking stuff. And I just kept going, Adam Shibley? Who the fuck is Adam Shibley? She's like, oh, is that the electrician? Is he the electrician let you know that he's ready to, to install the, the cables for our wall? And I go, no, Christy, it's some rando linebacker at the University of Michigan that committed to Notre Dame. And I, I, I was like, hmm, maybe I should look him up. And then I thought to myself, no, if I don't know who Adam Shibley is, I don't think that I should – know who adam shibley is do you know who adam shibley is nope but i looked him up and apparently he's a teammate uh high school teammate of liam eichenberg so he went to saint ignatius Rice. i could have told um, you guys that okay so, <laughs> so I what's, would the also, what's the 411 on this apparently he played 18 games for the wolverines but only two as a starter because everything else is special teams he played is he a walk-on he was a he walk-on was a that got walk-on a scholarship now. Yeah. You know, if you pull up one foot down right now, dot com, yeah. there is a story. Yeah, I saw I saw the story. <laughs> and that's how I knew that it happened is the, the, the Slack notification came through and I was like, Adam Shipley. I think um, uh, I think Tom Boy alluded to this a couple of weeks ago. Like or or somebody did. And um, I mean it was just I mean, okay. But he I mean he's coming to be a walk on at Notre Dame. Yeah. His older brother, I believe, went to uh What's Notre Dame? Went to, Mendo- went to Mendoza um, Business School, so he's kind of following those footsteps in a way. So he's coming to be a walk-on. And one, just one thing to note here, though, is yes, he he, pl- he started the last two games, uh, Michigan season last year, uh, before they quit. Uh, they did quit. You know, he, he had he had twenty tackles, two tackles for loss. Uh, so that, that's not too shabby. Uh, but you know, look, Notre Dame still doesn't have a a. There isn't a whole lot Solidified of solidified linebacker core. Yeah, yeah. There's not, a, there's not and, and there certainly isn't a whole lot with experience. I mean, he's he's got more experience than, than half of those guys uh, on the roster. So, 
I'm not saying anything other than like he at least is going to come in and he's a, he's a guy who's been on the who's played big time college football and, and has. Josh, know, is he going to take Josh? Is he going to take snaps from the sophomore linebackers who are in need <laughs> of development on the field? I mean, don't don't hey, you Josh, think that by bringing him in, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna take important snaps away from all of the sophomore linebackers? Nobody is, somebody is making that fucking argument right now. You know hey, they are. Josh, what is what does Chipley's commitment means for the Wisconsin game? That's what I. Yeah. That's all I want. Well, well, Josh, my question is, <laughs> who's your favorite sophomore linebacker on the roster? Do you have one? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who's I the mean, best sophomore linebacker that Notre Dame has? Josh, who's your favorite graduate walk-on player who made a difference in Notre Dame? <laughs> well, I think it's Nick Nick McLeod, and then it's um, – Walk-on, walk-on, walk-on. Oh, walk-on. Walk-on. Oh, oh. Was it the guy was from, maybe who, was the, boy? who was the Notre Dame legacy, the Auburn fullback who we never saw? Or was it the backup kicker who got in in the blowouts to kick off a couple no, of times? It was actually uh, – oh, what's his name? The Ivy League, Ivy League kicker. What was his name? Yeah. No, who well, – yeah, Dawson. I can't remember his name. Dawson's Creek. Yeah, Dawson's no, Creek. The, uh, yeah, he was on the depth chart every week. They don't even know who yep, the kid right. is. Uh, damn it. The, the, the special teams kid. Why can't I think of his fucking name? Who are we talking about here? What Notre Dame, walk, former walk-on, earned a scholarship. Kid was nuts on special teams. And he was a graduate student who transferred in? Oh, you're talking about – no, okay. I'm just I'm just talking about former walk-on period. Oh, I said grad about, transfer walk-on. I, it's a very yeah, specific yeah, – yeah, yeah. I, I, I got it out. I got it out. I got it out. Uh, what was the name of the kid from yeah, Auburn? The fullback who was the Notre Dame well, legacy. But he you, kind of a lacrosse, lacrosse bro name, if I recall. You, well, I was like, God damn it. Are you reading my mind, Jude? I was just Steve thinking. McKenzie. You just brought up something in my head. What the hell happened to lacrosse bro kicker, man? He's still there. Like, he's like, he's, not only, he's never I know, there. I know, but not only did you lose your spot on the depth chart to Dawson Groper Gropengooger, but <laughs> <laughs> But but now you're gonna Groper Groper That's from, canon now. That sounds like that the worst canon. SNL skit ever. I'm writing. <laughs> I'm gonna. Groper, I'm Groper. writing that down. Groper Groper Gruger. Uh, I hope that's the name of the uh, the uh, episode. Groper Gruber. Groper no, it's Gruber. Goth, it's, or uh, Groper Gruber. Little man in high castle. Groper Gruger. I don't Love know how to say that so fast. I mean, I got mush mouth, so whatever. All right, so this isn't a thing, right? Shipley's not a thing. No, I mean, it's, just, it's just a thing. It's, it's not a thing. thing. It's just a it's thing. A, right. It's nice. I like guys. I like guys uh, finishing goals. His goal was to go to her name. He has a master's degree. That's cool. I'm, Perfect. I mean, you're not. There's no wasted scholarship. Josh. Quote unquote, Josh. Quote unquote wasted. Because there's no there's thing as a wasted scholarship if you have one to give. Uh, if Adam year. Shibley, if Adam Shibley was from Wyandotte, Michigan, would you care? <laughs> he would I'm definitely care. Across the fucking state line. But <laughs> as, a, as a matter of fact, he is from Cleveland. I know. He's from St. Ignatius, which is why I think you care. Yeah. So that's fucking fantastic. Why would you not? Why would you not want more Ohioans on your team? In fact, today, 
Notre Dame just offered a six foot five, 220 yes. pound gunslinger out of Medina, Ohio. I mean, come on, man. Is, is he going to have the meteoric rise of a Kyle Hamilton is because people are out there talking uh, that he's got all the talent, and the tools. Well, he already, and, he already jumped up a shit ton. Like his rankings blew. I mean, just went whoosh. I mean, we're, yeah, we're I mean he was a three. Yeah. yeah he's a, he was a three star. I still be a three star on rivals right now. Wait, Hey, tell you something funny. Uh, who, who was it that I saw today? Oh, uh, Nolan Ziegler. Uh, linebacker commit for Notre Dame for the 2022 class. He is now right. Uh, rivals just bumped him up to a four star. So rivals 24 seven and ESPN all have him ranked as a four star, but he's a three star in the fucking 24 seven composite. <laughs> I mean, Eric Hansen, he was the only Notre Dame not, recruit that I, uh, got a bump then. Tyler and Carter are going nuts. I know they are. They're looking like, what the hell is this? Like this math makes no sense. He's the only Notre Dame recruit that got a bump because it is the yeah, annual no. knock every Notre Dame recruit down five spots season. Well, and the well, annual I think for them to explain that, well, it's not that we knocked them down. It's we move others up, which means you knocked them down. Like, yeah, semantics. <laughs> Literally how it works. Uh, I bet you Carter's excited because Texas A&M announced that they're going to have a full uh, full stadium, right, for next season? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, Drew Aller has a, holds an offer from Texas A&M. Cleveland could. College Station, that, that that's not a good mix. I would not send a Cleveland kid down to College Station. I wouldn't send, die. Uh, worst I would not send a College Station kid to Cleveland because we saw how that worked out for Johnny Manziel. Well, my my oh, brother, hey oh, there it is. Off from <laughs> Ohio, uh, taught at A&M uh, for a couple of years. <laughs> I never went down and visited. Uh, my wife did. Uh, but my wife. She really talked. Listen, the only the, the thing I remember the most for her explaining her trip down to College Station was on their way from campus to their apartments. There was a burrow, and she talked about the burrow about twenty thirty times. Joe? Donkey. Oh. <laughs> a donkey or an ass, oh. whatever mule. That's though I mean, she talked about that more. So I'm like, that doesn't that isn't enticing me to go down there. If you just want to talk about this ass on the side of the street. I mean, there's a lot of asses that you can see at any time of day in the Midwest, uh, the the tri-state area of Michigan, uh, Indiana, Ohio, right? Hicksville's got a bunch of asses right there out on the on the state line. Just look for the <laughs> yeah. You just so I have a, no, we have we literally have no room to talk. I mean, I saw one just at the grocery store uh, the other day. It was the guy with the uh, the mask on, uh, not covering his nose. I saw an ass. There he was. Those are my favorite. Those are always my favorite. Uh, okay. So, Josh, you have a fun. So, so Jude and I kicked off a fun game last week that ended up warranting a second episode and Jude, thank you for defending my honor and you were right. Hashtag Jude is right. Um, <laughs> Which is, which is, we're not going to, we're not going to, no, we're not going to, I'm not going to waste our time here, but that is absolutely no, 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 not no, no, no. And but, I haven't seen other than Jude, uh, other, than other than Jude being right. What kind this. of fun game do we have in store tonight? Okay. So we have, I mean, this one is a little, little looser, which fits my personality. Like, Kind of like shooting from the hip or walking around the house naked. 
we're going to predict storylines, future storylines for Notre Dame in the 2021 season. Now, this is a very broad based uh, topic. There's a lot of things that, that, that could be included under this tent. Uh, so kind of anything goes, I, it could be something big, something small, uh, but we're going to see where, we're going to see where the fucking goes. We're, we're, we are break out your crystal ball boys. And, uh, let's see what, uh, let's see what's in store for Notre Dame. So Brendan, do us the honor. What, uh, what's your first future storyline here? I think the, I think we'll, we'll start, we'll ease into it, right? We'll dip our toe in a little bit. I think people are going to be talking about Notre Dame maybe even more so than last year because they're if you really looked at it, there's a little smoke and mirrors. But I think people are going to be talking about Notre Dame being the dominant rushing offense in the entire nation. There's turnover on the line, yes. But you are returning Chris Tyree, you are returning Kyron Williams. I think that Notre Dame has the tools and capable and the schedule, if we're going to be honest. Um in order to have that team where, I mean, North Carolina got some some hay with 2,000-yard rushers. Am I predicting Notre Dame has 2,000-yard rushers? Maybe. I think that <laughs> I think that with a full schedule, and I think that another year under Tyree in the Bayless program, I think that they're going to be able to rely on him a little bit more and – I think that uh, judging by the schedule being a little charming, uh, Notre Dame certainly could could have something like 3,000 yards rushing this season. And to put that into context, that's not absurd. In 2017, Notre Dame had um, 3,500 yards rushing, you know, with with uh, um, Wimbush and, um, you know, Josh Adams and uh, the, the combo of uh, – McIntosh and, and uh, Williams going for 300 each. Does that sound crazy? Is that uh, is that a, is that a storyline you guys could buy into? I mean, it is February 25th. Uh, Pokemon <laughs> Day, the 25th anniversary of Pokemon is two days away, which we'll get into later. But uh, so nothing is too crazy to me right now. I mean, honestly, I, I don't there, there, there isn't a whole lot that would shock me. Uh, so. OK. Dominant dominance on the ground. Once again, the dominant rushing team in college football. Okay. Jude. So for my first one, I'm going to go totally. Well, it's not outlandish. I just think it's a little bit, a little bit hot, a little bit on the scorching scale of hot takes. Um, Notre Dame realizes that they have one more year with Kyle Hamilton. And this is the year that they finally try to integrate him into the offense. And so I'm not saying he's going to be a principal role, but I think he's going to be a good decoy. Uh, a la sometimes how rocket was used almost that, you know, a lot of times the play wasn't even going to rocket, but people were keeping their eyes on, on him. And, uh, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be out there on offense, uh, a couple of times, maybe not a couple of, how not is he not? Game, but I think, it's how is he got, already not part of the red zone package? How is he not part of the red zone package? How fucking tall is Kyle is Kyle Hamilton? Six, six four four. How the man can leap? He's six four. He's well. Physical. Just think about all of the experienced wide receivers and um, you know just options out wide that they have. 
Right. It's not like he dropped. He's not like he dropped any interceptions last year, right? Um, I can't think of any against former Notre Dame quarterbacks or anything. So I can't. Hey, better your house than mine. I just got. I was going to say, I want my house. <laughs> my, my insurance is paid up on my house, so I'm gonna. I am going to acknowledge that he dropped one, but he was just thinking about the end zone because he's been there yeah, so right. often. In practice, so often, very often. Yeah. If you're going okay. to ratchet up his Heisman campaign, you got to get him involved in the yeah. offense, and you got to let him ki- return a kick. You have to let him return a kick. Come on, let's get let's get nuts. I mean, what's the harm in having Kyle Hamilton and Chris Tyree back at kick return? What's the harm? Uh, well, then your offense doesn't get to see the field. Got <laughs> <laughs> C.J. Sanders. Right, your offense doesn't right. get to get on the field because you're busy running it back. I mean, it makes it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Uh, all right, well, I got one for you guys. I believe. Okay, wait, wait. On October 9th, the main storyline going into the game of the day will be yeah. that Notre Dame will lose. Because of a five-minute intro by Metallica, fifteen minutes before kickoff, seventy-five percent of America will pick that home team over Notre Dame because of some intro that happens before uh, the fucking coins. I mean, nobody goes into the snake pit of Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia, at everybody night does. and walks out yes. with it. Well, yeah, you're kind of everybody. Everybody, <laughs> have they have they beaten that top twenty five team? Uh, in Blacksburg? I'm not. I'm not in, sure. In eighteen, I did this. I I did the story, yeah. which set off all sorts of fucking alarm. But like Virginia Tech fans are used to getting their balls licked by everybody because of that bullshit ass entrance. Yeah, yeah. They are they are they are fucking entitled to a ball licking because of that entrance, according to them. So once someone stands up and says. This is overrated as shit, and the, any, the whatever effect you think it has is even more overrated. <laughs> uh, they don't take too kindly to that. No, so I, they didn't. They didn't appreciate I, that. I, I said, oh, I, I sat down thinking that I was going to come up with some bigger wins for them, and it's just like the, the losses just keep piling up for these supposed big games inside Lane Stadium, like. Nah, dude, you like the magic has been. You guys are like it. Literally is. What the hell is that Metallica album? Saint Anger or whatever. Mm. You're, you're, that is literally your stadium. Is Saint Anger or whatever. It is. It is not fucking Ride the Lightning. It is not Master of Puppets. It is not. <laughs> it is fucking yeah. Saint Anger. You're saying it's a it's the lip synced version that they put on uh, the radio because they couldn't have the. The rights. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's just terrible. It's just not good. I mean, Virginia Tech football has not been Virginia. What well, everyone makes it out to be more than what it is. And I was I was fed up at 18. And luckily for me, Notre Dame showed up in the second half <laughs> and took care of business uh, to like feel the deal. Uh, but I mean, it's just it's 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 ridiculous. But that will be the, that will be the storyline going into that game. People will talk about uh, that stupid ass entrance. As it means, 
And look, even better was that Notre Dame social media put out uh, God that oh, tweet, with right? the, the leprechaun. Yeah, unplugged. With the, yeah, yeah, dude, that was a that was a nice little. Uh, that that's I mean that they got cocky that year. They got real cocky. Um, yeah, the was that the same? Was that the same the year with the Northwestern and the Chicago one? I mean that was that was that was excellent. So that's what I got. Social I just, media. The social media team in 2018 was on point. There, I mean, there was some good. I mean, there's some good cocky ass shit going on there. I mean, I, I can back that. All right, Brendan, give me another one. What's what's another storyline? Okay, um, I think the storyline is going to be. Um, where was Jordan Johnson last year? And people are going to be talking about the kind of difference that this kid could have made, because I think of anybody, uh, I think he's going to have that sort of Kyron Williams uh, sophomore jump. And it, I think he has the same trainer as Kyron Williams, right? That I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, they're from sure. Missouri. Yeah, I think I think so. So maybe maybe he's going to be uh, doing some some uh, running. In, what did what was the Kyron Williams story about? How there was basically just like a, a mud hill that he ran up all off season coming into to twenty twenty. I mean, it was uh, it was no Kyle Hamilton on the treadmill next to his mom. <laughs> right, right in his garage. <laughs> you know what? If Ian Book would have grown, Ian Book was one of the ones that released the video too. If he just would have had his fucking mustache. During his like garage session, nothing would have been like more like what if he, what if he would have been out California there than that? That would have been just Uncle Ricoing it with the you know <laughs> the Uncle Rico stash throwing a football over the mountain. Um, you remember those videos, yeah. dude? I do. I because yeah. I, I I I mean I this is gonna sound terrible, but it, pretty much every day I search YouTube for new Notre Dame games, and if you type in Notre Dame football for probably a couple weeks you just got ian books one minute videos of like it was like accountability like and kyle hamilton was one of the dudes so i think you were the one that sent me that they're like check this out i'm like and i'm searching for content to put on the site i'm like thank you yeah. <laughs> run to the site on this one but but i thought they were gonna do more with it there was like two or three vids and that was it i believe yeah it did it's, it, um, and they were always very short. So it was just more like a, Hey, I did a workout today. Here's a minute of it, you know? So, so Brendan, you're saying that Jordan Johnson is going to make the kind of impact on the field in 2021 that he made in the, uh, highlight videos of practices that we couldn't see in 2020. Uh, I believe it is Tim O'Malley that, and I think he, he said this about Kyron Williams going into 2022, where he goes, a guy who I really liked in the spring, right, going into the year and then doesn't pan out, why would I stop liking that guy the next year? That's always been a thing about him, where yeah. he had this sort of breakout spring, but then it never materialized on the field. Um, and you can't see me right now, but I'm like, you know, quoting in the air, traits. <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, I think that this is one of those things where Jordan Johnson is borderline five-star wide receiver. And the opportunity is for him to to kind of show up. I mean, obviously, Kevin Austin is still on this team. Braden Lindsay is still on this team. Um, Avery Davis is still on this team. Um, so there's some some guys that, that he might have to jump ahead. But 
I think he can absolutely have the sort of impact that Kyron Williams has where we're looking at it, it, you know, halfway through the season, we're like, man, why couldn't he be involved in uh, sort of the things that we were saying in back channels where it was like, why couldn't he have been involved uh, last year and what, what kind of impact he had? Okay. So, I jumped on the Isaiah Foskey train last year, tried to get the Foskey fam hashtag going. It did not very go very far, mostly because um, <laughs> Isaiah had a couple of, of, of nice, really nice moments, um, some on special teams, but uh, he wasn't seen as much. Now, having said that, I think um, the position I'm going to be looking forward to the most is the position that he shares with Jordan Botello, which is my, my other kind of off-season crush because I've been watching – some workouts that he's posted or people have posted on his behalf. And he looks like he's just ready to, to run through a wall. So I am very excited about Isaiah Foskey and I'm possibly even more excited about Jordan Patello. So um, what do they call it? The Viper position or whatever. Um, I'm not sure what they're calling it these days, but uh, those are the two guys I, I'm, I'm most excited about seeing. And I think that they're primed for, uh, for, for breakout years. Which one? Uh, so, so the pass rush you think is really going to take off? I think the pass rush is, has been good the last you know couple of years. Um, I, I guess I'm, what I'm, I guess what I would say is I don't anticipate a, a, a big dip just because you know Adi's no longer on the team and Dalen Hayes is no longer on the team. And obviously, Calvin Cream. Yeah, I think my ago. thing with the pass rush is always that like it's always been good, but it's never been great. And and I, I think that's fair, right? I don't I don't think that the pass rush has ever been like outside of um I mean Terry Gillery when he blew up Stanford in twenty eighteen. I can't think of a time where the Notre Dame pass rush against a quality opponent was the storyline. Uh, I think Jerron Jones had a great game against Florida State in 2000. Florida State, yeah, he was a fucking he was the best player well, on the field for both right, teams yeah, that yeah. night. But but then we're we're talking about going back like six years then, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean that's that's fair. It yeah. is what it but, is. But that's that's kind of the thing is is it, it do you think that the 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 switch to um, Freeman is going to have an impact on that as well? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, first of all, I just whatever whatever you didn't log with Clark Lee or didn't Clark Lee didn't like about you is obviously now wiped clean, right? So you have a chance to to prove yourself, and and I think we've seen. And instances, recent instances with guys like Kyron Williams, that one offseason can make a huge difference in and going from a you, people's expectations of you as as a developmental player or a role player to to the outright star or leader of the team. So I, I just I think <sighs> I think Botello and um, Posky are going to make impressions, and I think that they're gonna, they're going to find ways to get those guys on the field, and I think it doesn't really matter to me who starts because I think the other one's going to be logging a lot of plays too. Okay. All right. I got, I got one. It's, it's, it's not so spicy. 
But it's it's super important, and I think it's something we talked talked about on, on one of the last pods. But Notre Dame's October 23rd matchup against Southern Cal, the storyline will be either two top 10 teams facing off, possibly top five, depending upon how things shake out nationally. Now, USC, look, they don't they don't have their full schedule like uh, done up yet. Yeah, which I can't believe. I mean, unless it's somewhere where I'm on FBS schedules, which is usually pretty accurate. Yep, uh, they're all the, the gold standard. I always have it open. So the only ones they have dates for are San Jose State, Notre Dame, and BYU. BYU's in November, so it doesn't mean shit to us now. So you got San Jose State, but but here's what's interesting about USC. Regardless of whatever order they have in their schedule, here's their their Arizona State, Cal, Colorado, Arizona, Oregon State, Stanford, UCLA, Utah, Washington State. There ain't a whole lot of meat on that fucking bone. No. And USC is getting a considerable amount of hype mm. right now from uh, from from what I can gather. So they might be like a preseason, like 15. I think Notre Dame probably starts off the top 10, like 10, nine ish. They almost beat a three loss Oregon team in the uh, championship game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Almost. They almost did it. But what I'm saying is by the, yeah, I mean that that's still, that's late in October. So there's, there could be some, but there ain't a whole lot there. No, they, could, they don't they have like a they don't have that sort of Alabama uh, out of conference game to get exposed. They don't <laughs> I mean, sometimes they play Stanford early in the year and they get exposed. But this ain't your grandpa. Well, this ain't your brothers, Stanford. Uh, you know, this, this Stanford team certainly has taken a definitive step back in recent years. So. So, yeah, so they're. And people they love oh, to if if UFC if UFC has just, even the slightest amount of just to nail this home a little bit so their their home games USC's home games are Arizona Oregon State Stanford UCLA and Utah their road games are Arizona State which could be tricky California Colorado and Washington State so Notre Dame on the other hand by the time they get to October 23rd to Florida State home against Toledo, Purdue, Wisconsin at Soldier Field, back home against Cincinnati, and to the snake pit of St. <laughs> Anger Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, and then they I, then they have a week off, and then SC comes to town. But, I mean, I could legitimately see both teams being undefeated by the time this game comes around, which isn't – this is a rarity – of the last 30. This is really for the series. Jude, I mean, you, you, you have more of the, the history in mind, but it, it isn't often that Notre Dame and SC face off as top 10 opponents or top five opponents. Yeah. Brendan, did we talk about this on our, our, uh, yeah, we talked about right. this on ours. It's, it's yeah. very rarely happened. Yeah. It's, it, it, so, we, we, we made the point and I think 80, you're, you're making, 88 was really the last 88 was really the last time that they were like top five. Well, 2005, right? 2005. Notre Dame wasn't Notre Dame was on a top five team, though. They were like nine, though, right? Yeah. It's like one, yeah, so one it's and a top nine. Top ten or... matchup. Yeah. So top ten matchup, but but I mean Notre Dame still had a was a top ten, right? 2006. I mean, it's hard. It's literally hard to get these two teams both. 2006, ranked. I think, was a six yeah. and three. 
if I recall correctly. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to get these two teams ranked at the same time. And then 2017 was like a 12 and 10. If we objectively look at USC's season last year, and I don't know if people are capable of objectively looking at it, but they should have started that season. zero and two, right? That hail Mary was absolutely redonkulous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything about USC's, but, but that's the kind of thing where Notre Dame catches a smoke and mirrors USC team. And just like, kind of like they did, um, you know, the last time USC, what was it uh, with Sam Darnold where that was a smoke and mirrors USC team and Notre Dame just housed them. Well, I mean, they, even after they, even after Notre Dame housed them, SC still went on to win the pack. Oh did, yeah. Did they win yeah. the conference? Well, uh, yeah, and then didn't they end up uh, playing? Um, was it Iowa? No, no, no. It was the year before. Maybe it was the year before they ended up playing Iowa in the Rose Bowl, right? I mean, it, it hasn't been great, but I just, I just feel that there's a, there's a nice setup this year, and I think the storyline going into Notre Dame SC could be kind of like a resurgence of sorts, yeah, of the big battle for the Jules Shalali kind of thing. Like, like this, should, this rivalry is is a big one. I love. I love it when they say the greatest intersectional rivalry. There is no other intersectional rivalry. Is, they don't exist. Yeah. They fucking yeah. don't exist. Uh, so, but which is which is actually makes this even cooler than that. Like this is the only intersectional rivalry. Like legit. Talk about things that don't mean anything that Notre Dame fans love to brag about. Did you see that UCLA announced uh, two two games with FCS? Oh, is it FCS school? It's the Notre Dame's last yes. one then. USC no, and uh, no, Notre Dame. Yeah, USC Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was with two uh, HBCUs though, wasn't it? Correct. Colleges. Right. Grambling, which I would assume. Which right now there there's a big push, you know, to to help the HBCUs. And so, I mean, it's not a, that, that one wasn't getting it. Trust me when I say that one was not getting any Snickers from media. Like that was, this wasn't the time. And this wasn't the time to like puff your chest out. Kind of this is time to say, okay. And so SC and Notre Dame are the only ones left. Although didn't, didn't USC have one scheduled and then they dropped they them? They did have one scheduled yes. and they dropped it. But there was an outrage. And I believe that that wasn't Lynn Swan. That was uh, Hayden, right? It was Hayden that decided to make that call and then the blowback yes. he got. Yeah. And rightfully so. I mean. Yeah, rightfully so. Look, look Alabama USC State and North not, Carolina Central. Those yeah. are the two teams. USC, Sorry. USC's fans are not large in number as far as like, it, it's not a normal college football fan base. They are very fair weather. But well, that's just California fans in right, general. Right. But what I'm saying, but like, they're still like, they're still the diehards. They're still the diehard alums. And they're not going to stand by. And I mean, can you imagine the Notre Dame's alumni base if we scheduled up uh, Youngstown State? <laughs> they serious. get mad enough. They get mad enough scheduling Bowling Let's, Green. We're going to get, uh, no, we're going to get Dan Quinn's. What the, or right, it's not Dan Quinn. What the hell is the name of the new safeties coach? <laughs> the new safeties coach? Mike Mickens? No, safety. Uh, Eric Olson. Eric Olson, right? God damn it. <laughs> now, I'm just, now I'm just feeling like a like an idiot here. Um, uh, damn it. Who, who did? Oh, O'Leary, right? By George O'Leary, right? Yeah, George O'Leary. O'Leary. 
No, it wasn't George. <laughs> it was George, really. <laughs> Just but trolling. anyways, uh, he is a proud uh, Indiana State alum. So that'd, that'd be like us scheduling up Indiana State. You know what I mean? Think of the blowback okay. on that one. Having the mighty Sycamores come to South Bend. Sign me up. I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess if we're, if we're going to talk about FCS, I don't understand the reason to schedule FBS when there is a perfectly good conference in the Midwest that you can schedule. Yeah. Right. The Mac. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. That's what the Mac. I don't for. understand. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand why teams. And this maybe this is maybe me, maybe, maybe um, the SEC doesn't have that. I don't know. Do they, is there a comp? I guess the Sun yes, Belt. Nope. Well, they have the Sun Belt. Conference USA. Conference USA. The SEC uses the Sun Belt like Big Ten uses the MAC, but the SEC also uses the SOCON, the Southern Conference, one two A schools. Yeah, that's what I don't understand is why they use both. Yeah, well, they shouldn't, and that's like the. No. That's but when you have Alabama like holding up like. Like the SEC is so good because Alabama, they all like make that excuse. Like, well, our schedule's tough enough. Yeah, because we have Alabama. Right. Yeah. Hey, I, speaking of uh, the Mac, did you uh, did you notice uh, something from our our boy uh, David Hale joint today? Uh, yeah, I saw that uh, Eastern Michigan uh, leads the world in one score losses. Well. Did they confer and, with Brian Kelly? Did they confer first. with Brian? Did they confer with Brian Kelly about whether or not it was a one a one loss game? Because he is kind of an expert on one possession. One possession. One possession uh, what constitutes a one possession it loss? Does, listen, what's funny about that is it does say he does have on this tweet note: close games always almost always revert to the mean five hundred. So UNC is due for some good luck. Only team with twenty plus one. Possession games in the first round is Arkansas. So 14. He has most one score games, and then he also states one possession games at the same thing. So he's on that Brian Kelly tip. So Brian Kelly was not wrong. <laughs> or Brian Kelly was wrong. He could take it either way. <laughs> but yeah, Emu, these motherfuckers could be like Mac champions if it wasn't for these damn one score games. Come on, boys. Come on, Creighton. This is the year. that championship dude. he's due <laughs> <laughs> we are due we are fucking due we paid our dues we have our gray turf like there's an account today on twitter tweeting up uh like pretty photoshops of a uh, big Ten t- of uh, a big 10 schools or whatever and the whole background was black or black and white and the uniform was colored i just thought they were playing in ryderson stadium <laughs> Yeah. Why is Michigan wear? My first thought was, why is Michigan wearing their home uniforms at Ryerson? Uh, <laughs> so if if you're not if you're not down for the Mac, you don't understand this conversation. But it's all good. Uh, all right, Brenton, <laughs> let's let's get another one. Okay, so it's big picture and small picture, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean. Very broad here. So I'm going to say that um, if you were to – this is – when I look at this schedule, 
in a lot of ways, it reminds me of the um, 2015 schedule. And I'm going to say that by season's end, the only Notre Dame opponent that they play this year that's going to be ranked in the top 25 are the Cincinnati Bearcats. Hmm. Hmm. I believe we might see Wisconsin open the season with an L against Penn state. And I think Wisconsin is due for a cavernous, uh, fall off. And I think that by season's end, just like in 2015, where temple was kind of, was temple Notre Dame's marquee win in 2015. Uh, it was. So was I Navy. think that, which Navy which, never which one was is. bigger? 2000, 2019 well, Navy highest, was the market. Highest ranked at 15 might have been Navy. But yeah, I'm going to say that we'll, then we'll do that. We'll say that Cincinnati is the highest ranked opponent that Notre Dame beats this season. Oof. <clears throat> I mean, find, spot the lie. Right, go up and down the schedule. Okay, I so guess I guess the argument could be USC, North Carolina. So let's, let's look at Wisconsin for for just a moment, because yes. there's only there's only two games before Notre Dame, and they have a bye week before that game too. Yeah, okay, go. Creighton's here, so you already established games. that. So they start out. They welcome Penn State. They also welcome the mighty Eastern Michigan Eagles. That's what I'm saying. The And we know that Eastern has a tendency to not only have one score games, but they also can beat Big Ten teams. They beat Illinois the same year that Illinois beat Wisconsin. Big Ten West teams with uh, pretty good authority. Uh, I mean, I'm getting my Eastern gear ready. I don't know. I. Even if Wisconsin loses that Penn State game, don't you think a, a win over Eastern Michigan and, and a bye week keeps them ranked going into? Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then right. but then they, Wait, this is they a lose theory. to Notre Dame. They lose to I think Notre I've said Dame that a couple times. It's a, yeah. So if they lose to Notre Dame, then the one and two. I I don't know. They host Michigan. Um, they got to go to the fight in the line. I uh, army comes to town. They got to play the triple option. Uh, they got to go to Ross. They host Iowa Rutgers, uh, the resurgent Rutgers, uh, Scarlet Knights, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota, and big 10 championship game. I could, I see three losses. And when I look at Cincinnati schedule, I don't, I don't see another loss outside of the game against Notre Dame. Unless you, do you have a lot of faith in Indiana? Yeah. I, I don't know if I have a lot of faith in Indiana. I, I mean, I just, I just don't know. Right. I mean, I mean, that's, I guess that's the, the question is like, where, I, where do you believe, um, maybe, maybe saying that they're not the only ranked team, but I, I think that Cincinnati I mean, by season's end will absolutely be the by, highest. Okay. Ranked. By, by see, by season's end. 
Maybe that's that was the, the part. Yep. Maybe that's the part I'm missing here. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess that's a possibility. I, I think North Carolina will probably end of the season ranked. Um, I, I really don't know anything about Stanford right now. I just don't, I have no idea. I think Florida state, look, Florida state's got, they got a ton of talent still on that team. So if there's any way, and the ACC, as we know, is a shit conference. So, I mean, it's quite possible Florida State could rattle off. Um, the one you know, caveat is is that they do have to play Florida, and Florida probably is going to be good, and it's at it's at Benny Hill. Um, and they also get Clemson at Clemson. So they might, I mean, I'm looking at three L's. North Carolina, they play North Florida State does play North Carolina too, um, so so it, it really it's going to be one of those two. It's it's probably going to be either or Florida State, uh, North Carolina being ranked at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean I mean Notre Dame might, I mean Cincinnati might just lose once and that might be to Notre Dame. Yeah, and then at that okay. point, I mean they're probably going to be a top fifteen team. So it's whether or not Notre Dame catches anybody else. And USC's kind of. Uh, a team that could, like you said, um, be that team. But I mean, is is there anybody? Okay, so just looking up uh, Cincinnati schedule here. I'm, I'm trying to. There's not a whole lot. I, no, there's not a lot of meat on that bone, man. Uh, other Indiana, than Indiana. Yeah. I mean, that's a man, that's a solid uh, schedule for, for our, uh, uh podcast with Jason. Cincinnati oh. Bearcats. It's a solid schedule. Miami, Ohio, rivalry game to start of the season. Uh, then you get, <laughs> you dip down, get your one, two, a, then at Indiana by week, yeah. Notre Dame. I mean, that's a, that's a healthy start to a season for, for Cincinnati. I mean, just as far as like, just scheduled wise, it's not too bad. That's too bad. Uh, they, I don't know. Uh, I think you very well could be right when it's all said. It's not a brutal schedule this year. This is for Notre Dame. This is not. Uh, well, that was your point for saying Notre Dame's going undefeated. Like, I don't think that you were being braggadocious right. or saying no, Notre Dame no, was right, like a world right. beater. But you just looked at the schedule and you said, this is not a schedule got, that at this right, point in Brian Kelly's lost. career his team should lose. Yeah. Well, the, game, the game I'm worried about the most right now is that first game against Florida State. That That is literally my biggest worry right now. Because you don't a, know what like Notre said, Dame is. Right. I I don't know what Notre Dame is right now or, or how Jack Cohn's going to take over. I still think Florida State is an extremely talented team because they are. Just look just look at what they've done recruiting wise. They still got players. Uh and it's first game of the season. It's on the road. It, it, it look it's gonna be hot and humid probably. It's fucking Tallahassee. In the beginning of September, it's it's not somewhere you want to be. Um, I mean, so yeah, I mean, that's the to me that's the scariest game. I I don't know. The, the, this kind of goes off brand a little bit, but I mean, I am kind of a little worried about the Navy game too, just because <laughs> new new defensive court. Although Marcus Freeman has seen Navy in the American, so that does help out quite a bit every year. But having the year off of not playing a school with a, oh, that has a triple option, just making sure, you know, you usually have your guys set, right? Like Greer Martini was the man, right? 
Like if Greer Martini did nothing Drew else. White, there, Drew White. Drew White's another one. It was done a little more Drew Martini during this time, but but right, but that's the point. Like you have your guys that like they shut that shit down. They take care of that. Uh so we're we we will not know much about that. Uh probably going into that game this year. So Okay. Okay. I I don't know, but it, I think that's a good that's a that could be a very accurate call. That's a Javon McKinley leading the uh, team in receptions kind of call and receiving call. Well, I don't know if I'm gonna be that right. <laughs> Jude, what what's, what do you got for me next? So, I think that um, Jack Cohn's uh, top favorite target will not be Jordan Johnson. It will not be Kevin Austin. It will not be Braden Lindsay. I think his favorite target is going to be Michael Mayer. And I don't have any reason for saying that, but I just think that uh, Mayer seems to find himself open a lot. Uh, and I think that he seems to be reliable. And the other guys are What do you are way mean more. by favorite target? And just, and just receptions? No, targets. Number of times okay. target in a game. Okay. But, so, you know, Mayer catches a bunch of balls, too. So I don't, I don't sure drops are rich. But surely Michael Mayer isn't going to lead the team in touchdown receptions. Uh, he might. No. Yeah, I don't know that. I, I'm, I'm not willing to go that far. But so I, I, my, I think one of my favorite stats that I, I think O'Malley and Priester bring up a lot is the Notre Dame tight ends, like their yeah. touchdown receptions. Like eight is it? Eight is the is the number. Is the record? Yeah. That, that that's the peak. Amazing. That's not a very high number. <laughs> no. Was was that a was that a feat that Cole Komet achieved in a truncated season because of injury? He did. He did. Uh, one of those was his first one, which wasn't even a pass to him. No, it bounced off in the Georgia game. Bounced off. Uh, bounced <laughs> yeah. off a hand. <laughs> I don't know if he even bounced. I think he just. Uh, oh, oh yeah, d- jumped in the way and took it. Just yeah. like I'm gonna. Oh, he's like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I, Judah, I, I think you're, I, I think you're on the right call. track. Yeah. I think that's a, I don't, I think that's a good call because look, we all saw Michael Mayer last year and he does there's a reason. As a fr- there's a reason Tommy Tremble left. Yeah. He's a, his name's Michael Mayer. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that, I don't, but I mean, Tremble wasn't going to see any more different time than he had last year. So he showed the NFL all what he was going to, you know, what, who he is. But I mean, just mayor as a freshman had a, had a, you knew when the plays were coming and maybe it was a little are tell, you, but I just, are you, are you referring the, to, uh, are you referring to potential third round pick Tommy Tremble, according to, to the athletics, Dan Brugler? Uh, that, that is who I'm referring to third round, yeah. uh, draft pick who would, Dame would, Brugler, would it, if if it, uh, if I gave you spot on with this over name. over under uh, round let's say halfway through round three would you take the over or under for Tommy Tremble? Um, round three. Uh, I mean, the first Bengals and the Lions. Basically. The Bengals and the Lions do like drafting tight ends, right? But there's like there's like there's. But they it's both decent, recently. It's, he's not even well, the it's top a decent five year tight for tight ends. Yeah, it's a decent year for tight ends. Yeah, maybe like, so. The, the top ten probably, for tight ends. Well, like I think it's top six. loaded, right? There's Hunter Long. Uh, obviously, Pitts is the best. Pitts is the best sure. tight end to come out of college in like a decade. Um, 
I don't know. Well, Maybe. Hawkinson went went eighth overall to the Lions, right? He sure the, did. Nineteen. Now, but uh, Noah Noah Fant also went in the first round. Right. So. I mean, he is no Kellen Winslow Jr. There's a real I mean, I, certain pick. I think Trimble probably gets picked up in fifth round. That feels right. And I'm fine. And I mean, I'm, and I'm but fine you know what? Let, let's let's see what the combine. I don't know. I think he, you know what? You know, guys, I think it's going to be a lot like. Well, there's no combine. Um, well, I think it's I'm sorry, going, pro day. Pro day. I think it's going to be a lot four. like Troy Nicholas when Troy Nicholas took off early, and he's still on. Troy Nicholas did he go in the third round? Second round. Ra- second round. Second round. So who knows, man? You got a. You know, you got a pretty good point there because I don't think there was anybody that covered Notre Dame and most Notre Dame fans. I don't think any of them would have thought that Troy Nicholas was going that high in that draft. So you guys right? are taking the under? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm still taking I, the under. <laughs> I'm going to take the under just to be contrarian, and I also think there you that go. It's, uh, it's possible. I just hear, think by the way, did you hear that commenter call you out for saying that you haven't eaten your hat yet? I plan – so I'm going to do a thing with the hat. I will eat the hat this uh, this offseason. Brent is like in the process of building right an animatronic head. Like a brazen head to I, go ahead and the, the problem I have is like, you know, you don't want to eat the hat. You know, like, well, no, no, I'll eat the hat. But the problem I have is like, I've been in the process of a move for, for seemingly forever. And it's been very taxing. And now that I've actually moved, I can start doing the things that I want to do, which includes the things that I don't want to do, which is eating a hat. But I kind of want to eat a hat. So I'm figuring out how I'm going to eat this dang hat. And we'll do it. We'll, we'll make a show of it. I can't wait. All right. That's what I had. All right. So no one's going to like this. No one No one is going to like this headline. Oh, boy. But I, bl- I, I already know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. This is a, it's a sneaky one. Notre Dame will have one game cancellation this season due to COVID issues on an opposing. I, as much as I think that we'll be past a lot of it, it come July, that doesn't mean there aren't, I mean, there's all sorts of factors here. I just think that people are going to also going to let up a little bit. There's going to be some issues I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. Let's put it that way. I think there's, even though Texas A&M says that they're bringing everybody in, I don't think everybody's going to. Um, but I just, I think that there is the chance they're going to have one team uh, just, and I'm looking right at you, Virginia Tech, who's <laughs> had nothing but problems on their football team and basketball team with COVID. It's like, it's just going to make another round. I, I don't, I, I don't know. Johnson Johnson's ramping up. I don't know. I think the one thing about COVID I would say is that to make a prediction about anything COVID related, uh, because it was exactly one year ago that the direct, uh, that a member of the CDC came out and said, yeah, I think this COVID thing might be really bad. And I was telling my kids that, and I remember seeing that tweet and being like, yeah, probably not. Uh, I think we're good. (laughs) And then like, (laughs) You know, what was it? Um, a week later? Uh, March, uh, it was March 12th when all of sports shut down. Right. Which, are you guys ready for that? You ready for the athletic? 
Uh, for Dude, March 12th. Are you, uh, are you ready for, for March 12th to happen? The day sports stopped. Oh, boy. An oral yeah, so history. There is no greater, like, you know it's coming. Like, every single one, they're geared up for this shit. Oh, That's yeah. what they do. And I'm not going to read a single one of those articles because <laughs> it's too fucking depressing, first of all. And second of all, I was there. I saw it. I, I don't need to be. I don't need to talk about the the day everything stopped. It sucked ass. I think it is a. It's not a bad call because uh, Notre Dame they lost the game last year, right? They didn't play Wake Forest. Right. Um, I don't know. So, I just. I just think. I just think it's a It's a fair possibility. And so I'm just putting it out there in the universe for people to think about. Like, I mean, by most by most accounts, even though we're, I think we're going to be past a lot of this come the summertime. Hey, I'm not a fucking scientist if you didn't couldn't tell. So take take whatever I say as a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to pretend like a lot of these Facebook truth warriors out there. I'm not trying to pretend like I know it all just because I googled some shit the other day. But I think you know they're they're. Could be other issues. There could be these variants. Could be a lot of things. I don't fucking know, but I think there could is a there is a chance that this could hit during the season, and maybe it's why somebody's guards down because we've been past it, and also there's an issue. I might not be a doctor, I, but I am a dentist. I may not be a I may not be a epidemiologist, but I have a friend who's one, and I have and I also have an account on Facebook, so you know I I'm a pro. State holiday express last night. All right, last last round of these, Jude or uh, Brendan, what you, what you got? Oh boy, um, so it's coming to me. All right, let's get spicy then. Okay. Jack Cohn does not play in the bowl game. Oh, <laughs> is that because Notre Dame doesn't play in a bowl game, or? Uh, Notre Dame plays in a bowl. Brian Kelly's only missed one bowl game. It's uh, and not since Brian Kelly 2.0. Um, no, I'm just saying do remember, he doesn't play. Do you remember Brian Kelly saying that if if they weren't going to play for uh, in front of fans, they weren't going to do it at all, right? Well, he was right. Well, he was right. They played in front of fans. Well, no, no the pick did. game. The pick game was the pick game in front B- of any fans. I think BC didn't have have fans no, for their game, right? He said he was talking about the bowl game specifically. Right. Uh, if they're not going to have fans at the Rose Bowl, then they're not going to go. And then they moved the Rose Bowl to Texas, where there was fans. So, Which, so I saw some kudos to name for getting in front of it like uh, for that and getting getting the not the fans specifically, but the the parents of the players. And really, it just goes the the past two decisions that our names made with uh, that, and then refusing to do EA Sports unless Nate uh, Winston's likeness gets figured out. Uh, but yeah, I don't think, uh, which don't think by the way, it's the total, yet, it's a total uh, non-statement that people, right. That it's Notre Dame haters flipped out about. So it is. It's not, and Northwestern's followed suit by the way. Jude, are you surprised by the, so not to interject too much, but the EA sports thing, as we haven't talked about on the podcast yet, but I was just amazed, amazed that day when that news came out after I put the story up. And then see the comments, especially on Facebook. It's just like the complete ignorance of what 
A, of what Jack said, and B, what that actually means. Like, people are like, oh, Notre Dame is just greedy. Like, <laughs> How the fuck is Notre Dame greedy? They're trying to get something right. for their players. The players. What do with them? And then you have the people who are just staunch, shut the fuck up and play for my entertainment. Like, they, they don't deserve that. They're getting enough. Well, yeah. You know how you know how everybody on Twitter makes the same exact joke? The the joke was, well, Notre Dame can't lose the playoffs if they're not if they're not in the game, right? So, okay. That's a dumb joke. But um look, I, I just this whole thing's gonna worked out. EA Sports is not gonna is not gonna bother to put out a game that doesn't include um, the, good, the good teams, you know what I mean? Are the teams worth playing? And a lot of people, whatever, you know, rando guy with eight numbers in his name on Twitter says that he doesn't play with Notre Dame. He plays with some FCS school. That's great. But like a lot of people do play with Notre Dame, you know? And so it's not going to be Schmoder name. It's not going to be South Bend university South or Bend like that. It'll be Notre Dame They're They just, they've got to work through some things and, Look, that's why we there's some, you know, I think Jack's identified them pretty well. The thorny questions about um, the the group, uh, the group uh, contracts and stuff like that. It, it'll get figured out. And, and, I, and EA's not I guess I, EA's not ready to publish in the next seven, eight months anyways. Like, right. so they're this not is, this is not even not even that not within like, like two, two to three years. years. Yeah. yeah. So, but again, if you're, well, Stanford, it's not even like, the, if you're Stanford and you're Michigan and you want to be on Notre Dame's level, that's why Northwestern immediately came out and said, oh, yeah, we're not doing it either. Yeah. In fact, it's, I, they want to, it's like, school damn, that, I wish we could have done that this broke first. The union movement. <laughs> right. There, yeah. It's just it's like, a player, there's a player friendly. But it wasn't it wasn't it was it had less to do with the EA thing altogether than just the comments I was seeing from people about players being compensated that a like most people have no idea what the fuck they're talking about and b like the absolute ignorance which i guess is the same thing but i mean the absolute ignorance of what name image likeness means like they're not this is they're like well you might as well just pay them this isn't like the school and one guy even said something like well that would be breaking those if they paid them for being in a video game that's breaking ncaa rules like Jack Swerberg did not say we're going to go ahead and break NCAA rules. I'm telling you, the stupidity has my fucking head just in <laughs> because I I don't give a shit who you are. I don't care what you do in your life. But if someone is using your name or your a picture of you, whatever you're doing in your life, and they're making money off of that. I goddamn guarantee you, you're going to get a fucking lawyer and go sue the shit out of them to get you some money without question. But these people are lining up. There's people lining up to comment that they're getting enough from the, from their scholarship at Notre Dame where they don't, they shouldn't get any of this. Yeah. That has nothing to do with it. Well, that's, that's like, that's like saying Mac. His chore is employed by the University of Notre Dame, so I have every right to take his pictures and use them for my right. own purposes. Right, right, right. Like that's, not, that's not how that works. And it's what I don't understand is I'm a staunch I'm as staunchly a capitalist as you can possibly be. And what is more and I don't understand why anyone who considers themselves a capitalist isn't pounding the table for these players to be able to enter into capitalist society and to be able to 
you know, enter the marketplace. Shut up and entertain me. Don't that's what I don't anything. understand. Is it's don't like be anything? Just shut up and go play football. It is it a look. This is a very boomer. It's a very boomer way of thought. But just because it's a boomer way of thought doesn't mean it doesn't get passed down to their kids and their kids too. Yeah, it's a, it's a very narrow minded view of what college athletes are supposed to do. And I I'm telling you, man, I fucking I have been kind of applauding Notre Dame since the summer or allowing the players for getting off their fucking backs for letting them be who they are. Because look, these guys are all, these are all, a lot of them are good kids. They're, they're they're, fuck. They're more mature than me. Half of them are. I mean, they, they know what they're doing. They understand what, what they say, what they put out in the world, how that reflects on them and reflects on the school. Let them be them. And they did. Notre Dame started to do that. Now, they all, Notre Dame was also able to hold the reins a little tighter, Jude, with press conferences and stuff like that this year. Uh, so it did nothing, nothing got too out of control. But it's just the I, – I am glad that Jack, as even as meaningless as it was, because it really was, because this is all going to get itself sorted out uh, before yeah. it's – anyways, at least he said something. I even saw somebody say this is going to hurt Notre Dame in recruiting because the kids, the recruits want to see themselves in this video game. This is going to hurt recruiting. Because someone's going to tell them they can't be their lifelong dream. Of being yeah. in this video game. I'm fucking serious. Yeah. People are saying this shit. My head was spinning, I mean, spinning the other the, day. The, the interesting thing was, I think Swarbrick was on, I was it like Paul Feinbaum show or something. I can't remember where I saw it, but Swarbrick said he'd like to keep this out of recruiting. And he didn't mean it the way that that guy, whoever just made an asinine comment, said, what he what he's saying is he's saying I don't want to say to a kid if you come to Notre Dame girly leap will have you in their next commercial and you'll be you know like and it's contingent upon you you like yeah you you're going to get this sponsorship if you come to Notre Dame so it's it's basically replacing the the bag of McDonald's cash with the with the promise of um, you know, money, mo- money to be paid almost immediately uh, upon, you know, you s- sealing your commitment. So uh, the question, it'll be really interesting how they kind of manage that because a, a, a student athlete should be able to be able to make a profit off or profit off of his name, image and likeness as soon as he is, he is on the team. But at the same time, like, you know, how, how do you do that? Like, you you can't say, well, you've got to be somebody before you can profit off your name, image, or likeness. No, if you have an or whatever his name was, um, you know, you, uh, you know, even if you if you don't play. So uh, I, I just I, I think this will be really interesting to see how they can kind of be pro athlete, pro student athlete, and but also say let's keep this out of recruiting because, you know, what's the difference between promising it to the kid before he he gets there and and the first thing when he gets on campus he's the five star Jimmy Clausen stud or whatever and you want him to have him in your commercial, you know what I mean? So, well, the and, thing is, it's going to be a free for all, right? Like the, 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 the first start. year or two. Yeah, yeah, the first, first year, year be before the market but, gets established. Right, as we as we said as I've said on this podcast many times, these companies still have to make money. Yep. So they're and not going to like, pay a million dollars for some five star yeah. kid that doesn't yeah. play. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, who wants? Yeah. So there's no, going to be. And I, but I think these offers could be, you know, well, I've got five thousand dollars from Kentucky, but Notre Dame's offering me ten thousand. But Alabama's got a guy lined up, two guys lined up for twenty thousand. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not going to be right. a buco box. It's but it is it's going to be. Can you imagine be, some Clemson booster backing up the Brinks truck for Hunter Johnson? <laughs> and like, what's your return on investment on that bad boy? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is well, we might actually thought, see where it's a wild, wild west for a couple of years and then enough guys get burned having, you know, guys well, who turn out to be. we're going to see that with the transfer portal. We're seeing that with the transfer portal right now. The well, listen, it's going to be legal then, right? Like, Jude, it's, it's so so say you could go do commercials because it's, it's legal now. So it's all out there in the open, which means that you're signing contracts yeah. for things. So let's say you sign like a three-year deal with a mom with a mom pastor, and then say after like year two you want to transfer the fuck out of there, you might well, be in some shit. Yeah, you're well, that's oh, that's the thing is that I think they're gonna have to have lawyers on both sides, and I think look, there's money to be the made lawyers. here. Of course, right? the lawyers are gonna get paid. Right. Yeah. There's money to be made here. First of all. I don't know if if you guys said it or we've said it or it's been said on other podcasts, but if Notre Dame doesn't have a name, image, and likeness uh, coordinator or or somebody who's in, who becomes an expert in this legislation, they're doing it this. wrong. Yeah. They're absolutely yeah. doing it wrong. Second of all, like somebody's got to be looking out for these student athletes and saying, okay, we can't represent you, but here's a list of lawyers in our area that you know that you can consult or with or whatever. Um, you know, it can't be the kids trying to figure out how to si- whether or not to sign these contracts because the bl- the businesses are going to bleed them dry, right? And so then, and the other side, you're going to have to have some sort of morals clause, and you're going to have to have some sort of like contingency, like, hey, if you're not on the Notre Dame roster, if you're on the Clemson roster, I don't want you, you know. So yeah, yeah maybe multi-year deals are going to be a thing, but I think if enough people get burned after this first couple of years, somebody's going to say, look. I don't care how good this kid is. I just I don't know if he's going to be the next Gunner Keel or the next uh, Joe Montana. So like I I can't I can't say three years for him. You know what I mean? I can. And that's the key is just getting past those first. Well, and years. it's it's going to be fucked up for the first couple of years. Yeah, well, it, yeah. which is fine. Same thing with the transfer portal, and it's the same thing with the one time transfer that's going to happen. Is early on there's going to be, and you just got to let the market play itself out. You need to let. Right. And that's the thing is, happen. I the my worry is that people will overreact and say, okay the market, you know, student athletes are being right. harmed or, is, you know, it's not set up right. And so then therefore they're trying to put in more protections, but it ends up actually just limiting the, op- basically stifling all opportunities for, for student athletes. Cause people just throw their hands up and say, ah, uh, there's too many hoops to jump through. I, I can just, I can get a, I can get a regular salesperson. In and right. Out, so. I'm not even sure where we're at. That was such a tangent. <laughs> um, I, I think it's mine. My I mean, last one. Yeah. Dude, my last okay. One, my last one is I was tempted to say Drew Brees will not be in the booth for the 2021 season, but you know, to be honest with you, yeah. I just did five seconds of internet research and he's his, uh, his contracts got cut from 24 million to 1 million. So if he comes back next year, he plays for 1 million. And th- this past year he played for 24 million. Like I just at 42, why would you come back and play for 1 million? I mean, at that point you're basically I mean, back up to Jameis. So. Ask a uh, shark that played for the Miami sharks. I mean, he 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 gave You're himself about a fictional character. Now you throw he gave himself some characters. real medical damage. But when they pulled him off the off the field on a stretcher, he said, "Don't drop him. He's worth a million dollars." So maybe Drew Brees understands the value of a million dollars 
like Shark LeVay. Well, I was starting to believe into that whole, like, he's got a bad taste in his mouth because of how how his final game ended with all the interceptions. There's no fucking way he, like plays, he plays but for now. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. He can go he can go make that same money at NBC. So I guess I'm going to modify it to his say. cooked, yeah. I'm going to say um, Drew Brees is not good. At least first year Drew Brees is not good in the booth. And he's kind of like, um, he's not a Tony Romo. He's going to have that Tony Romo where he he's not a natural. Him. No, he's going to, he's not going to make us miss Doug Flutie because literally no one could do that. But um, he's, he's <laughs> definitely going to be like, people are going to be like, yeah, he's kind of a not like almost less than a Dungey. And Dungey, I felt like was kind of a non entity, you know, like I, it was cool to hear Dungey talk up players or whatever, but like, he really didn't really, he didn't bring anything like, I, I still, I don't know, maybe I'm the last defender of Mike Mayock on this earth, but I, I really did feel you like I learned a lot. the last defender of Mike Mayock. He's the I, I feel like, I feel like I learned a lot off of Mike Mayock, so. I mean, if I could get a combination of Gus Johnson and Pat McAfee. That's what <laughs> I want. Give me McAfee that's, in the booth. That's my all-star, like, that's, that's my all-star group right there. Give me Gus. Give me McAfee and let's get fucking wild. I'm not. Give me, yeah, give me, give me Gus. And you know what? That would be a dream booth where it's just like absolute hype. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's Gus not be able to find the words. It just screams out NBC sports. I mean, why not? I, 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 I guess my view. I just don't want to be annoyed watching a telecast. Anything other than that um, is is all gravy. So I know a lot of people are annoyed by like the play by play guy like Gus Johnson having some fun with shit. But that does that doesn't annoy me. That makes me feel like I'm having fun. Uh, but like I'm annoyed by color color commentators that say too much, say too little. Get a name. I mean, there's all sorts of like things, and I just think a couple of fucking wackadoos in the booth, I'd have more fun with. I don't know. I think people are more willing to turn off announcers if they're. Uh, I don't know. I, I just you're not hype. People can just turn you off. Like you got to give people a reason to listen to you. It's it's like Joe Buck is like Joe Buck is what Fox uses for, you know, the World Series and their their big games. And he's just absolutely boring. And yeah. I just tune him out the whole time. So what's not, the point? That's what I think Tariko is. I think he's just boring. I look, he is he is very good. I'm not. This is not me saying he's not. He is very good at his job. Mike Tirico is a pro, and, and in fact, uh, I think uh, the Shamrock had him on for a podcast interview, and I I find myself liking Tirico more than I would have would have ever thought I would have after listening to that. I thought I, I just I just like hey I like this guy, but that doesn't mean I like him in the booth. He's just it's just boring to me to have him up there doing his job very well. Uh, and then Dungey just wasn't any kind of. Extra. You want flavor. You want flavor. Flav. You want flavor. Flav as your play-by man, right? You want. Was, you want the hype. Well, but it was. It was like eating mashed potatoes with no butter, salt, or pepper. <laughs> that is harsh. Hey, Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. Brandon, I hope. I hope 
your your wife loves you as much as Josh loves this shitty Tariko take that he keeps trying to force down the throat. It's, I'm trying it's to, this I'm terrible, trying to terrible steer, take. I'm trying to steer him in the direction for him, but but like he, and he, is and he, the you can hear him. Bro. He's slowly trying it's to walk boring. it back, rain no, it back. I'm not walking back shit. He I've always said he is he is good at what he does. There's no question about that. But he's just it's boring. It is fucking boring. That's not Tariko's, a Tariko's call of a taste. Find me a better call in Notre Dame broadcasting history than Tariko's call of the end of the Clemson game this year. That was a master class. And the fact that he knew that, well, the fact that he knew to let the crowd take over and the crowd noise and like, he's just a pro's pro. And I think that whoever we get after him when he takes over for Al Michaels, we're going to be like, damn, Miss Tariko. No, I, I mean that's fine. I because I won't. Like, look, we have been, we have been uh, just sullied with all sorts of boring ass uh, announcers for Notre Dame football with NBC. Tom Hammond. Tom Hammond. Tom Hammond is the Bob, Tr- Bob Trumpy. Uh, I'm not I'm not clamoring for the days of Tom Hammond. Tariko is a huge step up from that. I'm just saying Dan he's Hicks. me, he's boring as fuck. I just it he doesn't do it Hicks. for me. I'm also not saying that he's bad at his job. I just it doesn't do it for me. It it doesn't feel nothing like that feels iconic. Like Brett Mersberger is and even Keith fucking Jackson feels more I have more You're exciting live in history. Let me tell you about Keith Jackson. <laughs> I mean, probably nostalgic. I don't know. Give me Gus Johnson, goddammit. Quit fucking around. Onions. Johnson. Billy Rafferty? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, put Digger Phelps in the booth just for the fuck of it. Oh, no. The wor- <laughs> worst worst booth ever. Like, get, no. Throw a th- three-man booth in there for, for Notre Dame football. Ever? Would be uh, Bill Walton, Digger oh. Felt, and Tom, and Tom Hammond. <laughs> Doug Flutie doesn't make your top three? No, because did you watch the last time Notre Dame played that had Phelps and Walton together? And it was just Whoa. those two. It was Talking kind of the funny, 74 UCLA Notre Dame annoying game. as shit, too. Like, Walton talked a ton of shit, and Digger wasn't backing down. But it got really annoying after a few. After a few, like at first, it's like, oh shit, these guys are backing off, and then it just felt like really annoying. I don't know. Speaking of which, uh, the table, the table went back up on YouTube. It's like I think their first time in years it's been on YouTube. It's the 2008 game between Notre Dame and Washington, in which Tyrone Willingham obviously was now the Washington coach and Charlie Weiss, yeah. and of course. Revenge. Of course, the color analyst for ESPN that day was Bob Davey. It's so rich. It's just so rich. <laughs> so. You mean the pat the pat that was the pass right game, right? Nope, that's two thousand five. So which game are you talking about? Two thousand eight. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Michael Floyd tearing it off on the sidelines on one. Yeah. All right. So it's it's left to me, huh, for the final one. Yeah. Headline at the end of the season. How? No, I'm not going to go there. I got to go there. So for the bye week, going into the bye week, there will be the typical couldn't come at a better time 
But Notre Dame's down. They're injured. There's injuries all over. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, you don't go into Blacksburg and not come out with an injury. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I kind of feel like Notre Dame has been. Now that we haven't had injuries and impactful ones, I mean Kevin oh. Austin probably could have helped last year, but yeah, I just kind of feel Patterson. like like we've been like in a safer spot. Like 2014 made me want to cry. Yeah, like how many injuries? Well, in 2015, that that roster that played Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl was not the oh, roster. Yeah, it was decimated. No, it was decimated. Uh, and then add Jalen Smith getting out yeah. early in the game too. But I, I don't know. I, 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 I could I could see going into the bye week this year, just a whole lot of injury, and then you're going to have fans. Oh, Jack Cohn going. Sh- ship crazy about strength and conditioning. So they turn on Matt Bayless uh, and all of it's nonsense, all of it's nonsense. Cause injuries happen all the time. I just, it doesn't feel like Notre Dame has been as snake bitten as they had in the past. And maybe we're just due. And I could see that be a, a storyline going into, uh, into the break uh, mid season. It's USC after the bye, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. I mean, you you said Jack Cohn would not be the starter going into I sure the did. Games. So is yeah. he injured, or did somebody, or did he fuck up enough to put in somebody else? Uh, I think I'm, you know Brendan well enough to know that he, what, what he thinks about Jack Cohn. Yeah, I think he's a Jack, but I also <laughs> think that um, I also think that he does have a he he is coming off a season where he didn't play uh, because of injury. So, I mean, if he's a jag, isn't he pretty bright? I mean, you got—I mean, you're a lawyer, judge. Advocate, <laughs> uh, no, you're talking about the the number one watched um, procedural uh, naval uh, crime show on CBS, I had, right? I had no idea two things. 35. I had no, I had no idea that Catherine Bell is now a lesbian, <gasps> or or came out as one, and I had no idea that she's a Scientologist, and her oh, and her oh no, slash wife is a Scientologist. Oh, out. No, I clicked on a click hole, clickbait thing uh, the other day. What's worse than Scientology? That's that's disappointing. She may as well be a Jesuit. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder how many people listen to this podcast because I mean, Catherine Bell is very age specific. I wonder how many people are like, who the fuck is she? Uh, did you name anything else Catherine Bell's done outside of Jack? Uh, no, but that's a hit television show that somehow ran for like 37 seasons. Whoa. I mean, it was a great show. It was the, it was the precursor. Was it the, did that show come out before a few good men or after? Oh no. Oh, a few good men's 1992. Yeah. Certainly after. Yeah. Definitely yeah, okay. after. Okay. So maybe that sparked the show. Like, hey, this is uh, oh, yeah. quality entertainment. A, it was it was originally perceived as a there is originally perceived as a Top Gun meets a few good men hybrid series. Yeah, the, oh, I was, love it. Uh, that's a great way to sell it. How, how that is the only way to sell it. Yep. Top Gun meets a few good. That's fucking perfect. There's no other way. Okay. All right. Well, we got just a couple more things. 
to wrap up the night. Um, so as per always, uh, not always, but we're trying to like do weekly. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of Notre Dame's old recruiting classes. And I think right now we are getting to number or to 2006 is what we're going to get into tonight. So 2006, if you need a little refresher, which you're going to get anyways, but 2006 was a, a very large class for Notre Dame, 25 players. I swear it was 26 or 27, but uh, 24-7 got 25 down. Um, it was ranked number five. This is a top five recruiting class. I repeat, this is a top five recruiting class. So I'm just going to go down the list and uh, tell you who is in this class, and then we're going to have some fun with it. Um, a couple of five stars. Offensive tackle Sam Young and running back James Aldridge. Dipping into the four stars here, we have quarterback Demetrius Jones, tight end Conrad Rowland, cornerback Darren Walls, cornerback Rashawn McNeil, quarterback Zach Frazier. Did this have Chris Olsen in it? No, not this time. Wide receiver Dick (laughs) Jackson. I know what you're doing. Hey, fullback Luke Schmidt. Uh, Offensive lineman Matt Carafel. Uh, linebacker Torian Smith, Chris Olson, offensive tackle Eric Olson. Oh, uh, and now we're and, and after the Olson, Jude, you know which one this is, right? Now we're getting into our three stars. We got John Ryan, who famously took out Weiss's knee, Kalen Wade, defensive end, offensive lineman Bartley Webb, running back Manier Prince, outside linebacker Maurice Richardson. Safety, Sergio Brown. Safety, Jashad Gaines. Cornerback, Leonard Gordon. Tight end, Patty Mullen. Wide receiver, Robbie Paris. That's a real name, Patty Mullen. Yeah. Now, here's what's interesting. 24-7 doesn't have any rankings here for Chris Stewart and Dan Wenger, both offensive linemen. And I remember those guys. They were four-star players. Both Dan Wenger and Chris Stewart were four-star players. Um my scout and rivals, I believe. So, uh, that's a that's a lot of names. A lot. This of names. class was a bust, by the way. I'm just going to come out and say it. This class was a bust for a top five class. Bust, right? Demetrius Jones, James Aldridge, um, Zach Frazier. Uh, Zach Frazier beat Notre Dame. Yes, he did. Uh, but I, I mean, it's, he with UConn, he led UConn to victory over Notre Dame. So my, did Will, is, did Will Yeatman ever beat Notre if, Dame? If we look at this, if we look uh, at this class, if we look at this class <laughs> for like 16 years later or whatever, it, this was kind of, for a top five class. This was a bust class, right? Who's the best player on this team? Yeah, this and who is was the best name. pro prospect? I mean, who Darren on Walls. this roster? Darren Walls. No. Best pro prospect? Best pro prospect? Like Sergio? Like, and it actually turned out? It was, it's yeah, probably like, turned Sam out. Young. Like, who, who probably either out? Sam Young or Sergio. Right? I mean, Sam Young still collected a paycheck in the NFL. Sergio Brown just I don't believe Sam Young is collecting a paycheck in the NFL anymore. Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't think he's, I think the Los Angeles. 
Raiders got, Las Vegas Raiders got rid of him. Okay, okay, so that but that was recently. That was recently, yeah. He, I mean, he had he had a nice run in the NFL though of, of getting paid. Yeah, it wasn't like he was a years. star in the league. But I mean, so uh, this class, so we go down. James Aldridge filled with injuries. Demetrius yeah. Jones, Transfer. greatest interview I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Transferred to Cincinnati. Also, he also was at Central State. Uh, ended up being a linebacker, Cincinnati. Uh, Conrad Roland. Guys, is that R.I.P. Conrad Roland? Did he mm-hmm. pass away? Yeah, Roland. Yeah, he had an aneurysm, I believe. He transferred to Stanford. Uh, Max Redfield was friends with him. Zach Frazier, like we said, transferred to UConn and beat, came back, beat Notre Dame. Dick Jackson, I won't call, I refuse to call him Richard Jackson, and it's Dick Jackson. Dick Jackson uh, transferred to UCF, I think. Fullback Luke Schmidt got a medical. I don't know if you've ever saw the field. I was never so pumped Forced for fullback. Pro- this, he was fullback. he was yeah. ranked. He was the number one fullback in the country, the yeah. number two prospect in the state of Indiana, and the top. Of course, 100- the number two prospect in Indiana was a fullback. Listen, he was a, he was ranked 152 <laughs> in the nation. Yeah, the nation as a fullback. Uh, Love it. Yeah, Matt Carafel transferred to to Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Bartley Webb transferred to Arkansas. Minnear Prince, Prince transferred to Missouri. Uh, Jashad Gaines never came back from a trip back home to Las Vegas. And I was like, I was like, I, where the hell is Jashad Gaines? I could never find out what the hell happened to him. But I think uh, he had a family member get sick or something. And I think that's the story. Was it a grandmother? No, this was a real thing. This is an unfortunate thing. Uh, Leonard Gordon, dare you? Leonard Gordon transferred to Kentucky. Um, R.I.P. Mrs. Vanderdose. Will Yeatman got kicked out of school for running around naked. Uh, he ended up was it in Maryland or U.S. or U- uh, UCLA? Mar- I think he went to Maryland. He went to Maryland apparently. Yeah, because he played lacrosse there too. Which I is thought a, he was UCLA, but that that was Conrad Ruland, right? He played UCLA no, or Sam. Sam. Oh, UC, UCLA was uh, oh the kid that played for uh, oh Joseph Faria Fer- 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 yeah. or whatever his name is. Fourier. 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 Uh, he also Stewart, had some sort of naked tackle one thing, right? and that was pretty exciting. But Jashad Gaines apparently showed up at Texas Southern. Okay. But I mean, that's your class. I mean, there's a lot of transfers out. That's there's a top a lot five of, class. You got and two quarterbacks in class, and they both transferred out. Yeah. Oof. I, I mean, you flip Darren Wallace from Michigan. Now, Darren Wallace had a had an okay career at Notre Dame. wasn't great, but he didn't play on. He didn't really play on any good teams. No. I mean, 06 as a freshman, it was what it was. In 07, he had an interception return against uh, Penn State. And then just, I mean, it was just okay in 08 and 09 on some really bad defenses. I mean, Rashad McNeil probably had a better career in Notre Dame than than Walls. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, John Ryan's breaking Weiss's knee. And I love that he's from St. Ignatius. I mean, there's there, there was only three Ohio guys on this team, uh, so I mean, or on the or on this uh, class. So Robbie Paris, Robbie Paris, uh, 
I don't even know how he got three stars here. Underutilized. Robbie Robbie Paris was like the top dog for a minute. That's how this class shaked out. It's 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 quite it's it's an interesting case study into what the hell, because again, this was a top five class. Yeah, top five class. Yeah, And, and this is when people would say that Charlie Weiss was a great recruiter. And they would point to something like this where it was a top five class, but I don't know if it was a, an issue with development or uh, maybe just recruiting services at the time didn't just have it really figured out luck. <laughs> or just like bad luck with guys transferring out or it was just. I mean, James Aldridge was at one of the crown jewels of the class. And he blew on a knee, right? In high school. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, he was. He was a fraction of what he was in high school coming into South yeah. Bend. It's just it it wasn't good. And it, it honestly this built up this helped build up a lot of the false hope after the 05 season. For what was like you, coming. you had that you had that Charlie Weiss savior of the program getting a contract extension after a fucking loss. Well, the and then failures have, of this class led to 2007. Right, wrap it up with a top five class, and, you, and you're thinking the future is we're good. The, I mean, there's literally a guy in, in this recruiting class. We just say whoosh, and you know. Yeah. Well, the it's failures of this no, class directly correlate because this is a sophomore class for 2007, right? So this is a class where to, to accommodate for um, – Tyrone Willingham golfing instead of recruiting this class needed to have hit in order to have, you know, a six and six year in 2007. And, and it, it did. Yeah, it really didn't. In fact, so this class is a, and we'll talk about this class on another this day. Class is probably what got Charlie Weiss fired. If we're going to be honest. Right. This, class talk- graduate, this was, this was the seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Oof. So if you, this is a top five class, the next season they had a top six class and what much smaller yeah. and way more productive. You know what I mean? <laughs> At least in terms of Notre Dame got something that more out of uh, that next class. Like that was Jimmy Claus and Golden Tate class. Yeah. So it just shows you like, here's a top five class and here's a top six class. That Everything isn't the same. Everything, there's a lot of Difference differences in these classes. I mean, shit. Well, well, we'll talk about it when we get, when we talk about the the 07 class. But there's just there's a whole lot of question marks. Maybe the recruiting industry got better. Do you, do you do you think that? I mean, you you followed enough to at least have seen. Do you think they're getting more and more accurate with their rankings, or is it just the same? Uh, no, I mean since 2006, absolutely. Um, I just there's so much more out there for them to to look at in terms of yeah. not only the stuff that they get, but the stuff that's sent to them by the 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 players themselves. So I just think a lot more way people, more camps for them yeah, to see. Absolutely. So I I think it's gotten better because of all that information, not worse. So it's, I mean, so you, you look at something like the 2016 class, right? That finished 15th, and that's a class I would say like seven times this number five class and that's a 15th ranked class right so hey brandon you can't you can't compare 
groups from different eras. Oh, it just it doesn't make it. any sense. It, stats very, don't, <laughs> don't work out that way. Jude, I'm, I'm very sorry. Um, uh, what did the 20, 2006 class finish in the Heisman voting? How hot were their girlfriends and what what did their sisters wear in the stands? That's the only thing How, that matters. What was the combined height of both classes? Yes. What, what was your like? first? Did you ever see the drinking belt contract? <laughs> who put it? Who put no. a ten pound weight in their pants to make weight? And who just always looked good no matter what he was wearing? Now I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> now I'm done. I, I, I say that to my wife and my kids quite a bit. Like I just. Do you really? They never get it. But I it's still only, say it a lot. There's like only like four gifs that exist of Brady Quinn on the internet, and now no, I'm done, done is probably the muscle most milk. I, all, yeah. I say that all the time, all the time. No, no I mean, I, obviously they have no idea what. They just probably just think of a toolbox. Yeah. Well, people thought Brady Quinn was too. Is this muscle milk commercials? <laughs> Myoplex. Uh, um, all right. Choice. So that was the 06 class. It was a lot of. Literally nothing. It was one. It's one of the great mysteries. Maybe I'll maybe I'll dive deeper into uh, some of these classes over the summertime and like with some print action. It really lay out like what Notre Dame's getting out of some of these classes, especially in the Weiss era, the way he recruited. Yes, Weiss proved that you could go out and get these big these big time prospects, but the way he did it, as far as how he filled a roster up, it's just fucked. I mean, it wasn't as bad as Willingham, but it was still bad. So hey, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. All right. Last, last uh, bit of business for us tonight. Break everything. Top fives coming at you. So tonight, I'm feeling very statey tonight. Like so Michigan statey? Not, not, not quite. They ruined a wedding in 08. Uh, Ice sculptures, yes. <laughs> uh, but so I asked, I asked the guys to uh, rank the top five cities of their state. So Jude, I am very curious about New York and what you have down there. I because I, I don't, I don't, I really don't know a lot of towns and cities inside New York, outside of New York City and Syracuse. Obviously, water, but like, I, it's just it's not a state that I've visited very often. So I'm very interested to see what you got to say. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to go against New York City, right? I mean, just to give people perspective, I live in New York State, but I live what I like to call two states away from New York City because to get the fastest way to get to New York City from where I live is to go through New Jersey and Connecticut. So, um, it, it's a big state. Right. And New York City is very different than where, where I live in and uh, what we call the North Country or, or Northern New York, uh, Southern Canada, if you prefer. So, uh, you know, New York City is where it's at. It's the, as they say in Hamilton, the greatest city in the world. Right. So how often uh, yeah. do you get there, Jude? I mean, I realize that it is, so far, but it's not like I New would York, say like if, if I go visit my parents, it's only two hours from my parents. It's six hours from where I live, but it's only two hours from my parents. And they live in Pennsylvania. Um I would say probably once every two years, maybe. I mean, obviously, when I when I lived in Jersey, we used to go a lot more, but um, yeah, that's a that's about right. So, okay. 
All right, what it, else you got? I, I, I'm trying to think about places that I think people should like absolutely see that are actually cities. Um, and some of these places I have, I actually have not been to. Um, I think you have to go to Ithaca at least once. Um, it's just, we call it the People's uh, Democratic uh, uh, of Ithaca um, because it's like, it's the bluest of blue uh, in New York outside of uh, the, the city. Um, basically I think if they could live in a socialist commune, they would, they would totally do it. But then everything outside them in Tompkins County is really red. So there's this like, um, kind of <laughs> Cornell professors versus the world kind of vibe to it. Uh, Ithaca, <laughs> you might've heard, you might've heard the, uh, the phrase Ithaca is gorgeous, uh, cause it has a lot of uh, well-known gorgeous. Uh, I, you know, it's got a, it's got, you know, it's got a record store. Like it's, it's just like the, the hippie vibe. Right. So I think you gotta, you gotta check that out at least once. Uh, you gotta go to Oneonta so you can get some cold cheese pizza with cold cheese on the top. Definitely gotta go visit Oneonta. Home of the, uh, home of the Oneonta. How many podcasts in a row are we bringing up? Home of the Oneonta Yankees. As far as I'm uh, concerned, everyone. Once had John Elway on their baseball team. Um, what? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely a thing. Um, Look, Saratoga Springs is wonderful. It's it's a very rich town. Um, Obviously, the ponies are there. Uh, It's it's just a lot of good money. Uh, You know, like beautiful. You know, everything's gussied up there. I definitely think you should go to Saratoga Springs. Um, You know, I think if you got to Saratoga Springs, then probably Glens Falls kind of pales in comparison. Albany's not not really that exciting. Uh, Binghamton's not really that exciting. Uh, how many do I have left? Like one, maybe. Uh, let's where, see. Where 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 was Baby Boom filmed at? Or Baby like where Boom? where was? Yeah, where where was the town that she moved to? You know the movie Baby Boom, right? With a uh, dying yeah, heat. I think. I'm yeah. Like, it's the fucking string. It's a classic. I've seen it like a thousand times. I'm what was, now look, what was I'm now looking it up. I don't know. So. I mean that's I mean that's kind of where I think uh, Keek and I want to want to end up at, like on a farmhouse with lots of holes. Okay. <laughs> Just yeah. Out and, like, okay. Eating Apparently out. the the film was shot in Los Angeles, New York City, and Peru, Vermont. So okay. not well shot in. I I can't remember the name of the. It was upstate New York because she was a fancy uh, marketing uh, up and comer. Okay. And, and, had a baby dropped off. She couldn't get rid of. It was her sisters that died from London, and so she got out of the city because she couldn't couldn't handle it anymore with the baby and her job. And she she got this. She bought this money pit of a house, and then she had nothing but apple orchards. So she started making baby applesauce, and then all these people liked I like this baby applesauce. So then the big marketing company that that uh, that she worked for. They wanted her to they wanted to, to buy her out and to bring her into this campaign that she had started. Uh, but she fell, she fell in love with the veterinarian and she said, fuck she that Where I'm staying small. I'm going to do this myself. It's like baby boom is a fucking fantastic movie. Everyone okay. needs to watch. I need um, to throw the name of town. So <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to cheat. I'm not going to pick a city. I'm going to pick an area. Um, I'm going to do a little, do a little shout out for where kind of where I live. Uh, you may guys, you guys may be uh, aware of the thousand islands. 
there's actually 1800 islands. <laughs> so yes. thousand islands is a bit of a misnomer, but obviously thousand islands dressing, you might be aware of it's, um, a beautiful stretch of, of water and land that, uh, is where the, our, our border with Canada is. The Big Mac the secret Lawrence sauce, River. right? That's <laughs> Big Mac secret sauce. Sure. Okay. And, uh, it's just, it's just, it's beautiful up here. Um, it, it's a great place in the summer, a lot of goat, uh, boating, a lot of, uh, cool ships that come through cargo ships that come through and, uh, a lot of great, uh, probably, you know, nice is obviously in the summer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't come in the, the winter per, per se, but, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to that. And I'm going to say, I've never really been to like Poughkeepsie or anything like kind of that orange Duchess Rockland area. So if there's something in there, that's probably worth seeing, then I'm sorry. I've never been like white plains or Yonkers or spent any time there. So if it's good, then somebody's going to have to fill me in. Cause I just, I haven't spent a lot of time and I purposely did not pick Niagara falls because literally, uh, that place is a ripoff. I mean, it's just, they are literally looking to shake you down from the minute that you walk in and it's the most, uh, crazy prices I've ever experienced in terms of a tourist trap. Um, I mean, obviously the falls is amazing, but uh, it's just so damn expensive, and it's not really that worth it. So, what's more amazing to see, the Niagara Falls or the Grand Canyon? Oh God, I imagine the Grand Canyon a million times. Yeah, so go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, just go to the Grand Canyon. And they won't—they won't shake you down. It's hard, maybe. Well, you're—you're you're at a national park. It's hard to shake you down too much. Yeah. Well, excellent. Excellent. That's a good. That's a solid list. So, so now we go to to Brendan to the great white state up north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that state up north. And yeah. I am very, I, 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 yeah. I, I like I. I spend a lot of time in Michigan in my in my spare time. Um, beautiful state, horrible, horrible Maine University. Great Mac schools. Great Mac schools. Some of the best. Uh, I would say three of the best Mac schools. Three, at least three of the best, yeah. At least three of the best um, ones. Western can go fuck themselves. Um, uh, I didn't pick any Mac uh, uh, cities in my five. I, if you would have had, if you would have had Ipsy ranked in your top five, uh, Listen, I'd Depot wonder Town's what got a lot of what, Depot what, Town's got a lot of character, but Ipsy is a trash heap, and uh, I would be caught dead there at night because I would be dead there at night. Um, oh, it's not. It's not that bad. Uh, no, they, it's not Detroit. Or it Inkster. depends on how much. No, it depends on how much Inkster trash filters yeah. in so Belleville. A Ipsy. lot of Belleville trash. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I digress. Um, so I'm not going to put them in. Well, maybe I'll put them in. Some, yeah. ah, I'm not going to put them in water. Uh, I definitely put Traverse City as kind of the gem of the state of Michigan. Um, Traverse City is um, kind of right in the, um, you know, it's right in the Traverse Bay. Um, it's really taken off in recent years as sort of like a wine tour and it's cherry. Uh, they used to have the cherry bowl was named after yeah, cherry, Traverse city. Cherries are big up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot of mine are kind of in the area cause you know, when you, when you grow up in Michigan, all you do is like camp for your holidays. Um, we're only in Michigan. You are 30 minutes away at any point in the state from a state park. Yep. That's true. I'm, I'm less than 30 minutes. Well, basically. They have like 15 of them by my house now. Um, my second, so Traverse City, uh, Traverse City is great um, for, you know, if you want to go highbrow. Uh, South Haven's my favorite beach in Michigan. It's right on Lake Michigan. Um, 
some people like Saga Talk and uh, Grand Haven, but I'm a, I'm a sucker for the ease and in and out of South Haven well, as well. Well, as, Saga uh, Talk doesn't South. have a great beach. Like people like Old no, Beach. No, it's got the really boardwalk and it's got like they the, the river. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they got the, I mean, they got the river going in and that's the cool part. Yeah, you know, but the actual beach on Lake Michigan is not so, yeah. very good. Uh, Saga Talk also has some other um, uh, reputations. Um, I they're also, very free. They're very free. They are very free in Saga Talk. Um, uh, if you want to make your way up to the UP, uh, Copper Harbor is about as north as you can get. It's at the very uh, tip of the UP, and uh, that's what you have to go to go to Isle Royal, which if, if you want to go somewhere – in Michigan, Isle Royal is the place to go. It is an you island up there in the middle of. I've only been to Isle Royal once, um, and my brother and I chased a moose because uh, a moose came right up to. They don't have any electricity in Isle Royal, other than um, the, the sort of restaurant there. It's a sort of a rustic place, and we we were just like eating breakfast at the, the restaurant place in the middle of Lake Superior on this island, and a moose just came right up to. Uh, right up to where we were meeting and my brother and I, I think I was 12 and he was 10. We just chased a moose, which <laughs> in hindsight seems very dangerous. And I have like a picture from like a very dangerous. Uh, I have a picture from like one of those disposable cameras that don't have zoom. And I'm entirely too close to this moose. Um, I'll also put uh, Petoskey on there. Um, Petoskey is a beautiful area. There's a, uh, they have some skiing up in Petoskey uh, sort of the Harbor Springs, Petoskey area, right in the also in the Little Traverse Bay, um, with the State Stone of Michigan, uh, the Petoskey Stone. Um, I had a, I've, I had a lot of fond childhood memories in Petoskey, and then my fifth city of Michigan is going to be a controversial pick, but man, the food scene, the walkability, and just sort of the shopping about. of Ann Arbor. Stop. Stop. <laughs> is absolutely phenomenal. If it wasn't for U of M, Ann Arbor would be the best uh, city in America because it is fantastic. And I'm very sorry, but Ann Arbor is the shit. Having lived next door to Ann Arbor. Uh, yeah, it's it. There's a lot. They got a lot going on and they, they do. That was like, 20 you want to talk about people's ago. Republic, Jude. Um, yeah. Ann Arbor is people's Republic. Uh, they're the only the only school district in the state that still won't let kids in school. Um, they uh, they are certainly a environment unto themselves. It's very it's like a a midwestern Portland or a midwestern Berkeley. Ann Arbor is a, a very unique and uh, interesting city. One one name that you didn't say that I I thought you might, uh, but it's it's somewhere I'm going for probably a week. Maybe a little, yeah, maybe not that long. I don't know if I can handle a it. Torch Lake action? No, not Torch Lake, but we are going up. No, we're going to go up to Mackinac. Oh, um, Mackinac. Yeah. Uh, Mackinac Island, there's no cars. Elite, well. Bicycles. Yeah, bicycles. Are you going to take the boys to Fort Michelamac? No, it just, it just it's, this is Carrie and I getting the fuck away. Uh, oh, <laughs> from, yeah. from the boys, from from Liv. Uh, as a 12-year-old daughter in the house. We got to get the hell away from her. She is a terror. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to go up there. I don't know if it's three or four nights, something like that. But we were kind of joking, like, are we going to be able to, like, handle three or four nights? Like, 
because there's not a whole lot going on there. I mean, it's cool and cute, and you can get fat right. on fudge. Yeah, yeah. And don't forget about their saltwater taffy. They got the they got the it's taffy true. game going on. True. So yeah, so I don't know. I'll I'll go. There's they Sioux filmed Saint a Marie's movie. Nice too. Uh, if you want to if you want to go a little bit north, uh, Sioux Saint Marie's nice. Yeah. No, I've no, I've I've been all up there. Um, uh, my uh, fraternity brother and roommate in the fraternity house. Uh, his family had a big place on Mullet Lake, and so we we would go. And, and my big brother had a place uh, up on Traverse City. So I'm up north. We've been up quite a bit, and yeah, we're going up to Sault Ste. Marie and go to the bridge and up to the UP quite a bit. It's so, so anyway. Ohio. It's so Ohio, Michigan. Because when we say up north, we mean like up north. And like when Jude, Jude's like, "What do you mean up north?" Right? Nobody outside of this area understands that we. Like, yeah, I'm going up north. Yeah, Nobody well, understands what that means. Yeah. All right. So for the the beautiful, gorgeous Ohio. state that I live in. A football factory, if you will. Uh, here are mine, and I, I got them ranked. We're going to go five to one here. We'll keep this quick because I got Brennan to do something else here. Anyways, number five, Youngstown. Look, Youngstown is a crime-ridden, uh, rust, rusty city with a with dying steel industry that has. I mean, just it's it, it is the quietest mafia town that you've never heard of. It is a hardcore mob town or it was a hardcore mob town for many, many years that a lot of people don't quite understand. Uh, but Youngstown also produced some of the greatest football minds in history. It's just, a, it was just a factory of, of uh, football. So Youngstown gets on the list. Uh, number four, Parma. <clears throat> now you could say Cleveland, but I say Parma because number one, the mayor of Parma uh, still follows me on Twitter uh, and is a big Notre Dame fan, or at least the former, I might be former mayor of Parma now. Uh, but they also have like the most kick ass fucking pierogies uh, you've ever had in your life. Uh, is and the mayor also, of Parma named Sean? Is it Parma Sean? Is that his name? <laughs> it is not. Oh. And it was not. <laughs> That was dad joke level two, man. That was good. That that was fantastic. That was good. Uh, but it is also the home of probably the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life, uh, other than my wife. Uh, crazy. My wife. I'll never, I'll never forget Parma. Uh, number three, uh, Rio Grande. It is the headquarters of Bob Evans, which is just down the on great the farm. Midwest. Breakfast place. Uh, I mean, there, there's a Bob Evans pretty much everywhere. Like to have a word. It, it is better Bob than Evans here. It is better than Hortons. Um, always has been. And there was like a seven trip, I think seven or eight trips in a row to a Bob Evans where they did not charge me because they had fucked up something so bad that you, you just say to the manager, they're just like, it's on us. So there's like so, literally. It was a huge joke. It's like, well, let's just go to Bob Evans because they're going to fuck something up and we're not going to pay for a thing. Law's favorite restaurant is Bob Evans. Yeah. So we actually uh, I actually visited the <laughs> the uh, the homestead of uh, Bob Evans on a trip down to North Carolina because um, it's right there on the bo- border of West Virginia and, and Ohio. So we stopped there, made the kids get it. I mean, it was shits and giggles. It was a good time. 
It's like it's like um, you know uh, somebody from the Middle East making a pilgrimage to Mecca. Um, every Ohioan at some point in their life must make the pilgrimage to the uh, to the the founding place of Bob Evans, right? Absolutely, and, and I'll tell you what too: when you are trekking across Ohio yes. on Highway 35, oh yeah, yeah, there is fucking nothing from Dayton. To West Virginia, <clears throat> there is nothing. You you go through Chillicothe. Yeah, but right other below, than that, uh, right below Columbus. Yeah. There is absolutely nothing. And it is a 55 mile an hour speed limit on a four lane highway. It is a giant speed trap. It is boy I mean, Rio Grande is it's like the oasis before you get to West Virginia and get your porn stores right next to churches. It's <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Really is, really is something else. Uh, number two, Dublin, Ohio. And again, oh, Brady Quinn. I could say Ooh. Columbus because Columbus is a kick ass fucking town. A lot of good bars. A lot of good bars. Back, back in my early 20s, especially, the high street scene was still kicking. The best year of my life uh, is, is down there in Columbus. Uh, but but outside of Bexley, Dublin, <laughs> uh, Bexley's uh, is a small town uh, attached to Columbus that has Capital University. But Dublin is just a cool place to live. There's all sorts of good shit going on there. Easy access to to the highways to get around Columbus. Columbus is like a mini Atlanta in a sense where it's fucking wild. Uh, it's not quite as it's not like Chicago or anything like that. But um, it, the roads can get a little crazy. But Dublin is just it's just a nice place. It's got a Good golf course down there if you like golf. Uh, Jack Nicholas, all that good stuff. Brady Quinn, yeah, it's a it's a good spot. Uh, it, it's also Duque. like Dublin. What's that? Chinnam and Duque. Yeah, Chinnam and Duque. Thank you, thank you. He never forget. Chinnam and Duque had a better forget. NFL career than Brady Quinn. The wife of AJ Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Quinn Hawk. Uh, no, no, I believe it's the the wife of of AJ Hawk. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And the number one city in Ohio, without question, is actually in Kentucky, and that is Cincinnati. <laughs> now I There's can list off suburbs like I did with Cleveland and did with Columbus, but Cincinnati in itself is a is Chef's Kiss, just a perfect city of. Just good time. There all sorts of good stuff going on down in Cincinnati. I've never had a bad time there. I had a buddy that lived down there for uh, many, many years, and I would go down there at least once a week, it felt like, for a couple of years. Uh, I should have went to school at UC. Uh, that, that's all, it's all my vibe down there. It, it, it is kind of a pretty city with the, with the hills uh, surrounding it. it it's, it's a nice yeah. spot. Um, but just want to give a couple of shouts out to some other spots in Ohio just real quick. Hocking Hills. One of the best places you can go hiking. Just absolutely amazing caves, gorges, uh, just fantastic hiking. That's down in Lancaster. Um, and then Mohican State Park, another good spot, too. I mean, just Ohio has got a lot of stuff going on. And where I live used to be called the Great Black Swamp. <laughs> so, <laughs> so pretty Josh. much half of the 419 was nothing but swamp area uh, pre-1800. <laughs> With the gun pointed to your head in Cincinnati being your favorite city, 
if I forced you to eat for the rest of your life, either Gold Star or Skyline, what are you jamming down your gullet? It'd be Skyline. He's coming I'm suicide. He's coming I mean, of course, we're talking about, of course, we're talking about, um, uh, chili chili sauce over over top of uh, uh spaghetti noodles spaghetti with noodles. oyster crackers about six which is a crime each. which is a crime unto itself which is a crime unto itself but I'm a pretty good skyline chili myself i i am not i, I, I like skyline chili i, I, do, I do that's my best friend I, from cincinnati and uh he, i'm the one that does it me on it my my wife, I, I brought her to Cincinnati and and I made her try Skyline and she's like, what what the fuck is this? She's like, is this <laughs> is there cinnamon in this shit? Like what the fuck is going on? Why why is this over spaghetti? <laughs> Could be anything of that. Yeah, but no, but it'd be Skyline over Gold. I had a Skyline yeah. bowl at a at a Cincinnati Reds game. I was I, yeah, I, was, I get that three way baby. Yeah. Uh, there. Yeah, that's no, that's a good combo right there. That's a great spot down there too. They really, I mean, in a very short period of time, they really did that whole stadium district up quite well for uh, in Cincinnati. I mean, they great American ballpark right across yeah. America, but they really did a good job of uh, of putting that all together. Um, I've only gotten lost driving out of that area maybe four or five times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you find well, your way back. Cincinnati is. I was going to say, the thing about Cincinnati is, one, it's a big circle, right? There's a, and and yeah. if you you know you're going well, the wrong way, you find 70. <laughs> the problem is, is one time I was in Cincinnati on business, and I got stuck on the other side of the, uh, the river. And so the only way I could get back there, because I didn't have enough money to pay for the ferry to get over there, because oh. um, I only had cards and the, the ferry would only take cash. So... I I had to like drive through rural Kentucky and I ended up like, I, I don't know. I didn't have a GPS at the time. So I was just trying to like guess how to get back over the river. And I ended up like in bumfuck Kentucky, South of Cincinnati. And I drove by this guy's house and like, I'm going down like rural dirt roads and like, I'm following the river. I'm like, what the fuck do I do? And there's this like, the, the dude had to have weighed at least three bills. He's shirtless and he's in the middle of his yard as I'm driving by and I look over and there's like seven kids all sitting around him as he's like playing this giant like it, it was almost like a bongo, this giant like bongo drum. And he's just like shirtless playing this bongo drum in front of like seven kids. And I've never felt like, so like I felt the back of my neck just like. The hair raise up, and I'm like, when am you I? Drove, you drove past a fat Matthew McConaughey, is what you're saying? It was like a f- fat you McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, we are. We're running pretty long, even for us. And I can I can tell Jude's uh, looking to get some Z's. Uh, and I'm feeling pretty good about myself because my kids don't have school tomorrow. Uh, but there is one more bit of business. There is one more thing. I told Brendan to be ready. Because Saturday, 
February 27th is the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. And February 27th is Pokemon Day. My kids, who are fucking nuts so for it now, got it on the calendar. They got all sorts of shit circled for that day. So, Brendan. Yes. Giving you the opportunity of a lifetime here to tell us anything you want about Pokemon. Your top five characters. Dylan today said I was... uh, he said I was a Charizard or something like that. Cause my, cause he goes, cause you're fat. <laughs> oh no. Well, he would have been Snorlax if he would have been, if he wanted to do the D <laughs> yeah, Snorlax. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Give me, give me your top five characters. Give me a funny, I'm going to give you the mic here. And so point specifically to the Pokemon and make, uh, make Carter Carl's happy. I guess I guess for me, when it comes to uh, Pokemon, and I think it has to do with the fact of that I'm a uh, on the later end of the millennials. Like red and blue are pretty much where it's at with the original 151, because I'm including you in the original uh, 150. If you got behind the SSN, um, and I guess missing no too, so 152. But I, since the original Pokemon, there has been a law of diminishing returns. I, I played Black and White uh, 2 on the 3DS, uh, but I never even picked up Sword, and I haven't picked up some of the newer ones. Because, like, I don't know, it's one of those things where you hit your peak originally, and then I guess you could go with the uh, um, the, the follow-up, right? And then maybe even Soul Silver. Um but it's one of those instances where you had a franchise that hit its peak so early. And if you look at the Pokemon, like all of the iconic Pokemon, I like how your son referenced Charizard, right? That's one of the original 150. It wasn't like he was like, oh, you look like a Mudkip, right? He didn't, he didn't go there. You, look, you, didn't, you didn't look like a, a, um, you know, an M-Bar. He went with the he went with he went that one. There's a reason why Pikachu's the, the best is because they nailed it the first time, and now everything that they do, Pikachu is still the flagship of the franchise. They can't create any like Greninja's not the flagship. None of the other ones. It's the original ones, and it just goes to show that. Uh, and, and maybe it's millennials' nostalgia that's carrying it through, and the whole concept of you have to be a '90s kid to remember. Uh, which is a meme unto itself, but um, there is a, a a serious amount of nostalgia that that associates itself with Pokemon because that franchise has not uh, evolved much beyond the original one, and um, it's in a lot of ways like uh, you know Miami football where uh, it last saw its best days um, around uh, the, the turn of the century. And since then, it's sort of a, a cheap fax. Brennan, did we lose you? Wow. Wow. <laughs> he was, he was saying he was saying English words, but I, I mean, I didn't really understand what they meant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am like I'm so mad that we lost this connection because you I lost. I had me? a question. Oh, oh there yeah, you are. There you there are. You oh, no, no, no. I'm still here. 
<laughs> the floor is back to you. Back Go. Is, I was. I mean, where did where did I cut out? I mean, I was. Uh, I was kind of probably the only last. So, something about, something about Miami. I don't know. I said that much like Miami football, uh, Pokemon hasn't has has seen its best days past around the turn of the the uh, 20th century into the 21st century. Um, and that it's just sort of playing off of the idea of what it once was. And we all just kind of follow along with it because all the best ones, you know, every time you reference it, you're always talking about the old ones. Nobody's bringing up the new ones. No one's talking about Greninja. Nobody's talking about, you know, Mudkip or anything like that. Right. So that's, 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 that's what I got on, on, on the eve of the Thursday eve of the 25th anniversary. It's a uh, it's a a series uh, bolstered by its nostalgia. Yeah, I was just I I was my wife and I were just kind of laughing because like anytime the kids get into anything, like whether it's been Thomas the Train or Octonauts or or whatever, my wife especially like just drains the bank account. She fu- she's terrible. She fucking spoils the shit out of our kids. But like once they're into something, she's just like we got. She gets into all it, in. and it's it's yeah. all in. Yeah, I'm that way too. But it's kind of, it's kind of funny. We haven't quite been that way. <laughs> like the boys are like all in on Pokemon. There are fucking cards all over the house. McDonald's uh, handing them out. And yeah, yeah, uh, it's it, it, it's got nuts, and it's like the one thing she hasn't like completely dove in with them. But it's, I don't know. She bought like twenty packs. And she uses those as rewards for the kids, for the boys now. Well, but, uh, the, the cartoon stinks. It's not very good. Um, Ash just won his first league badge. I think it was uh, two years ago, and it was like an offset league. It wasn't even like it wasn't Johto or um, it wasn't uh, any of the main leagues. And he got he got gypped out of one as well. And I don't know, man, the cartoon stinks. But it's just like uh, it's so 25 years, you know, I'm 42. I'm like, I just I was just off of that. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I missed that could have been. Like, yeah. You know, it was like past past that point of uh, of that. If it would have been like 30, 35 years, I, you know, put me back back where they're at. Sure. Uh, but like, it's just it's something that is funny. It's been around this long. And I, I was know, 11 when it came out. Yeah, I was 11 I know damn when, near next to nothing. when it came out. 20, 25 years celebrating some crazy-ass names. It's well, some uh, bad bad puns and crazy I, names. I wonder what Braden Lindsay's doing on uh, on Saturday. You think he's pumped? Uh, I mean, you have to assume that he's pumped, uh, for the, for Pokemon. Um, and who's, who's not pumped for, did you get, did either of you boys get into uh Pokemon go when it dropped? Cause we you did know, it I, do- I downloaded it and I, I screwed around with it for like a day, uh, just to get some, and I got some screenshots just for some fun Twitter shit I thought. Uh, and then that was it. My son was my into wife. it. My son was into it. My old son was into it for two days. They were two separate days. They were probably about a year apart. Uh, it, it ended up being <laughs> nice, nice walks around the neighborhood yeah. on a summer day. So 
I, I didn't mind it to be honest with you. He was he was excited about when he did it, and he would forget the next day. So, <laughs> I mean, it seemed like it was pretty cool though, wasn't it? I mean, I. I just didn't get into it, but it, I think the overall concept from I remember they got kids moving. Yeah. And then yeah. He, and there were some people giving guff to him. Um, you know, there were some, some old boomers who were upset at the, the, the use out there walking around. But my, my sort of take on it was like, let the use go out and walk. What's the alternative, right? Stay yeah, in get, him out of the house. get him out of the house and play in Pokemons. I mean, it was a, it was a safer version of like a, full-on cosplay Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yeah. Remember the <laughs> satanic mean, panic of the 90s when everyone was worried about if you were playing Dungeons and Dragons, you were like literally killing people? Um, I believe... Uh, I, I believe Tom Hanks starred in a movie about Dungeons and Dragons panic in 1982 called Mazes and Monsters. That is a absolute wow. Fact. It was his first Tom Hanks. Uh, starring role. Tom Hanks, his first starring role. Post Starred, Bosom Buddies. Uh, a pre Bosom Buddies. Oh, pre Bosom Buddies. Oh my! And he got and so into. I believe the plot of the movie was he got so into Dungeons and Dragons that uh, he was committed to like an insane asylum. <laughs> that that is Yikes. so Sally. That is so Sally Jesse Raphael. 1991. Right. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Man, but that had to have been the 80s, though. 1982. Was it, yeah. Was, yeah. I think it was like big. It was like 19, what, 87? 88, I think. 88? Yeah. Splash yeah. was like 84. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when was Money Pit? Because that's my favorite. <laughs> Money Pit? Money Pit's like 87, is it not? That's Money Pit is uh, underrated. Comedy, very underrated. Like it's an uh, that's an amazing movie. Money Pit, much like eighty six, nineteen eighty six. Yeah. Well, best of luck to all you Pokemon people. I hope you everyone's celebrations are are fantastic. Uh, and and it is why the pot art has a beautiful picture of Brian Kelly with Pikachu. That's Pikachu, he right? Be, he wants to be, yeah, he wants to be the very best. Brian Kelly wants to be the very best, like no one ever was. He looks it. He's got that's some good hair. That's some good hair he's got going on there. So he's part of the red team. Is that what he be? Because that's what the hat represents. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll say uh, technically, uh, technically say that uh, Ash Ketchum is named Red. Yes, yeah. So my my son amazed his class for Valentine's Day because. Uh, Gary took a Tide Pods container and turned oh, it into them all, a... Oh, he brought them all Tide Pods to eat? Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. No, well, that's how Hicksville rolls. No, she made it into like a, a red and white Pokeball or whatever. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's, to like, collect the Valentines. It was pretty fucking dope. I don't know. What's that? That is real dope. I thought you said she didn't go all in, and here she is making like the dopest... I, uh, I'll, I'll let her know. I'll let her know that uh, there's some satisfaction there. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for this podcast. Our our ramblings are over with. Uh, uh, check out the site. It, like it's slow. Uh, 
Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I, I was just joking with the guys who recorded. Uh, Wednesday was the first time I didn't have anything published on the site on a weekday in like four fucking years. Uh, nice combination of quietness, which is good, and uh, just other things going on. So, But not to worry. There's plenty of stuff uh, to talk about, plenty of stuff to write about. And we're all getting ready for... I mean, this is a weird spring because of the new schedule. Like, we should be we should be already full in, in gear with spring coverage or, like, gearing up for it. And yeah. I think just now, probably end of this week, beginning of next week, we're going to start looking ahead to that March 24th, I think, is when they start practice. Um, so it's a little different. It's a little different. Recruiting's going to be a little different because of the whole... Uh, thing. Yeah, it's... I... I, I'm still not convinced. I, I I haven't been able to talk myself into one or the other. Like our kids are less likely to commit and wait till all the official visits, or are they just yeah. going to keep doing the commitments? And then once the official visits happen, then you could have, I think that's where you'll have like the big flips. Flips and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but that'll be interesting. And we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, just remember to get over to two Apple podcasts, leave that rating, leave that review. We'll do that on the Julian next love podcast. Five star. Julian love five stars. Jude knows all about it. He loves it. I, I do. If you want to give me a Luke Schmidt uh, four star, I mean, whatever. You, oh, no. you may never hear from it again. Oh, no. But you left it. Uh, but that's all the time we got. So, as always, go Irish. <laughs>